Blog Talk Radio. We've had the best football picks for a decade, and we ain't stopping now. Live from the IMLD Home Studios, in its 10th season, this is, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your hosts, Jay and Dre. Good evening, welcome in. We are here to get you ready for the last NFL week of the year, but not of the season, just for this year, the 2022 year that's coming to an end in a couple of days, but they're playing football uh, actually when the new year begins on Sunday, and then we get, still got another week after that of uh, football to go. So the longest season ever continues on, at least tied for the longest season with last year. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here with you live on a Friday night, December the 30th, 2022. Happy early new year to everyone listening. That would be your mother, and I don't know who possibly else. I'm Dre. (laughs) He's Jay. We're, We're here to get you ready for week 17. We're here to look back on week 16, which was not nearly as wild and crazy as week 15. So I guess that's a a good thing. There's not quite as many uh, crazy-ass scenarios that we got to decipher and deal with. Uh, I I don't know how much easier the the, the awards were this week for you, Jay, than last week. You know, last week it was just all kind of chock full of all the bad stuff. And this week wasn't as – like it wasn't as hard trying to do the awards this week. I thought it was more fun doing the awards this week. So I, we, we, I think we've got some good ones this week. So even though it wasn't as eventful, I think there's still plenty of fun to be had on the show tonight. Yeah, we we always try to have some fun, and we always try to be fair with our uh, awards and uh, not come down too hard on people all the time because we probably could uh, just hammer the same people every single week, but we, we try not to do that. Uh, and we try to find some people to lift up who deserve it every week for our best and our worst. Uh, you you deserve the lifting up between us. Uh, you beat me for the second week in a row. You now take the season lead uh, in picks. You go nine and seven for week 16 and I go seven and nine, putting you two games over 500 and me two games under. Uh, so we're going right down to the wire with our picks. And, of course, uh, you come out on uh, with uh, with your lock succeeding because you're yep. going to run the table in locks. We already determined that. Um, and I come out on top on my lock that I predicted two months ago, even though the team that I picked was trying to lose the game several times uh, before they finally put it away. They they did. I don't have any awards for that game, and if you you know, well, I'm sure we'll still do some talking about that game because uh, that game was pretty wild, and uh, there was a key contributor to the Dallas win who wasn't playing for Dallas, uh, <laughs> who has yeah gotten a little uh, turnover happy the last yeah. few games that I've noticed, and that's uh, cost them twice now. Once it costs them a cover, and possibly costs them a win uh, against the Cowboys. So yeah, we'll we'll discuss some of that uh, coming up uh, for for our awards that we give out. If you're new to the show, we give out awards every single week. Uh, some that we just 
decided to start doing this season, and I think we both like it a lot. Uh, let's us sort of dig in and uh, investigate uh, a little harder as to what happened in the week of football prior. Uh, so we'll get started. Uh, once again, you have the honor. So, Jay, I ask you the question, what to you was the best thing in the NFL about week 16? The, uh, this one was really easy for me. It finally happened! Nathaniel Hackett got fired, baby. (laughs) He's gone. It's about goddamn time. The, the Rams, Baker Mayfield, Cam Akers, and Tyler Higby saw to it in a 51-point effort uh, to finally wipe Nathaniel Hackett, Denver, 14 weeks too late um, for that sorry franchise and just an utter dismantling on display put uh, you know by the Rams. And I, I loved every minute of it. And and then when I get the text the next day from you um, about my boy Hackett finally getting canned, yeah, I didn't actually hear it from the Twitter or the news. I heard it from you. You you scooped it, and uh, yeah, uh, it's finally happened. So they 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 realized they made a mistake. Um, you know, you, I find out uh, today that NFL firings mid season are, are fairly rare. You know, we, we've had a lot of uh, NFL firings of first-year coaches, especially, are extremely uh, that's rare. That's very, very the, rare. I think this is only the tenth time ever, if I believe I heard the stat correct. Um, of course, the most recent being Urban Meyer, who was very mm. deserving. Um, but Nathaniel Hackett, probably, he earned this many weeks ago. And that effort that the Rams put out there, that just was the, the cherry on top. And uh, good riddance. He was an awful NFL head coach. He's going to be the first of many to get the the axe here as we come down to the wire and end the NFL season. But uh, the message that it sends, you, had, you could not bring him back after what that that dead team walking in the Rams did to them on national television on Christmas Day. So uh, very excited that it's over. Uh, I'm sad that I don't get to kick Nathaniel Hackett around anymore, but it, it had to happen. And, uh, you know, good for the good for the city of Denver and their fans who had to suffer through uh, 16 weeks of that. And good for the Rams. Uh-huh. For putting up 50. Yeah. Um, and, and everybody just going insane in that game. Even, you, you, you know, gotten fired as Cam Akers. Like, wait, that guy had a good game? You're out of here. Right. Can't have that. Oh, my God. Can't have that at all. Um, I'm still giving you credit for a great uh, call, even though it happened much later than you wanted to. You were calling for him to get canned after, like, the the, the, the England game. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I, I was saying, I mean, I was done with him after I believe it was that second or third week of the season with all the botched uh, uh, clock mis, you know, the, the clock mismanagement and the stupid mm-hmm. play calling and passing up field goals and going for touchdowns, you know, going for it in 
like on fourth downs in overtime. It just the amount of games that, that coach just blew by being a dumbass. And I thought it was all going to come to a head. I thought they were going to go to London. They were going to lose to the Jags because then they had their bye coming up. It was like this is perfect. Of course, they you know the Jags get was a tackle at the one yard line in that oh, yeah. game. Um, and and Denver escapes with a win, and it sort of just keeps buying Hackett. Like we, yeah, I've, I've been calling for Hackett for four months to get fired. <laughs> and, and that's incredible because you just pointed out how rare that is for a team yeah. to bring on a guy as your head coach and decide before the first season is over that we've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> this is horribly wrong, and yeah. we have to – excise the demon immediately. I, I did not think they were going to do that just because of the message that that sends of we royally messed this up. Um, I didn't know they were going to admit to that. And I, we, we also had, had the um, precedent of the Urban Meyer experience last year. And as terrible as Nate Hackett was, he wasn't that. So I never right. thought that it was going to happen just because <laughs> – We've got that to look at to go, well, this is the template for firing a guy in the middle of his first year when he shows that he clearly has no idea how to coach an NFL team. And Nate Hackett was terrible. I didn't think it was that terrible to, to that extent, to the, you know, to the Urban Meyer level, but I, I guess the, uh, the Broncos thought otherwise. That, that is a complete embarrassment last Sunday um, on Christmas Day. That is absolutely um, – a good reason to ask somebody in his first year after uh, everything that's happened before that to lead up to that point was like, okay, what is going on out here? We, we have to do something right now. Um, and we cannot wait until the end of the year. Um, I will uh, reference that game again later on because it was not uh, very good news for me personally. Oh. Um, but I'm, I'm glad for you. I'm happy for you. You had this guy getting killed a long time ago. And you did it. You called it before the season ends, and and I'm I'm happy for you because I I did not think it was going to be uh, something that they would admit to to everybody and show the whole world that it was a terrible mistake. But they did it. I, honestly, I, I'm on your side there. I think they were content to just let him play out the string, but a fifty burger, <laughs> I think, just but an an a national embarrassment like that, like in front of the whole country, a nationally televised game like the yeah, he. It had to happen. I mean, that was that was a mercy killing at that point. Yeah, they asked uh, Russell Wilson for his comments. I know there was a, a terrible, no. terrible season and everything that's going bad, and and his response was very simple. Bronco country, that's right. So it's all good as far as he's concerned. <laughs> oh man, but you know, yeah, I mean, Nathaniel Hackett, for all we know, isn't like a bad guy. His co- his his owner wasn't out there telling him to be a better human. <laughs> Like Shad right. Khan was doing to Urban Meyer, you know, where he's getting, you know, grinded on by, you know, co-eds. Um, and we didn't have any yeah, of that. It, 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 it wasn't was on, that. that yeah. On-the-field product was so demonstrably awful and bad, and he was just out-coached. And, you know, I had actually – it's funny because I had just in a previous show given them smartest of the week, and then they go right back to Russ. Who shits the bed? Yeah. So. Uh, <sighs> yeah. That was that was pretty what, bad. Um, what was what was your best of the week? The best thing to me about week sixteen was watching teams that we know are going to be there uh, when the playoffs start that are going to be fighting it out uh, at the top of the league. Uh, the Bills and the Chiefs uh, putting away lesser teams, 
raising hope that they'll they'll meet again in the playoffs. So this is I'm just getting ready. I'm ready for the. You said how ready you are for the playoffs to start. I'm right yeah. with you. And I'm I'm I was very happy to see the Bills take the Bears down, even though that's my team. I was very happy to see the Chiefs finally put away a team that they're better than uh, in the Seahawks. And of course, I didn't pick them to cover that spread because that's what happens uh, when I go against them. Is finally the Chiefs decide to yeah we, we split on those two games. I I was on right. the Bears and and you were on the Seahawks and uh, mm-hmm. we, you know we went one and one against each other on those two. But we saw better teams uh, smash and smother worse worser teams uh, as they should. Uh, Buffalo runs the Bears right off their own field. Chiefs decide now they want to put down a bad opponent after I uh, pick against them. Uh, Seattle swirling down the drain. Uh, you know it's it is what it is. That's something we kind of should have seen coming that they weren't nearly as good as they seemed to be uh, in that first half of the season. Uh, it's just great to see the best teams remaining uh, rounding in the form as the playoffs approach. Um, if we get Bill's Chiefs again somewhere in the playoffs, no matter what round it is, that would be awesome because that's, yeah, we're all that's the rivalry. That is, yeah, we're all winning if we get that matchup. Oh, and by the way, the Cincinnati Bengals keep on trucking. This whole thing is playing out yeah. again. The Bengals being uh, the team that ruined everything last year and went to the Super Bowl. Uh, when the Chiefs won that epic struggle over the Bills and everyone thought that was a coronation, uh, including me. To, so that, that was it. That was the Super Bowl. Whoever wins that game is the, the best team in the world. And the Bengals step in, you know, not so fast, my friend, and, and take the Chiefs down. So the Bengals are warming up, the, getting ready in the bullpen, and they're ready to come out and, and close it again. Um, and, and that's great, too, because it, the same two teams just killing everybody – that's fine, but of course that gets a little uh, old after a while. And the Bengals and Joe Burrow look like they're going to be right there uh, every year yeah. to say, eh, "We we got a say in this too. We want to we want a piece of the action as well." And all three of those teams being in the same conference, only one can come out every year and, and play in the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to those three slugging it out again and figuring out who's going to come out uh, and represent the AFC. And the Bengals have a, a, a chance. Uh, Monday night to send the big message. Uh, they get the Bills. Uh, they sure at their do. That is that is the game of the week. Um, I'm excited for that one. But mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what, though. You know the 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 winner in all of this was Tom Brady because he knew when the hell to get out of the AFC. <laughs> well, that sure looks like it uh, because he is not anywhere near the Tom Brady that he's that he's been in the last few years, and yet he still has a chance uh, to oh. make the playoffs because of that NFC. Kill me. That, that yeah, doesn't... terrible. Uh, so the worst thing about uh, Week 16 to you? I sense a theme. I don't know how many times we've had an award for this, but it's too many. It's Tua getting concussed. Oh, yeah. Again. Yeah. Like Groundhog Day. Uh, this time he kind of flops backwards, getting tackled, and he twists and falls backwards, bangs his head on the turf. Uh, consequently throws three picks after that. Bad picks. Bad picks. Well, gee, I wonder why, <laughs> you know? I mean, right mm. to the guys. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what happens, you know? Goblin. Uh-huh. So that to me, and, and then it goes unrecognized again. Mm. They let him play it out again. He's clearly, you know, he's, and, oh, well, oh, wait, the next day? It's like, oh, well, he's concussed. 
He's in the protocol. What, what, what did he get? You know, he slip on a banana peel in the locker room after the game. Oh no, no. It, it was during, during the game. game. And, and we've actually pinpointed the play when it happened. Oh my God, Miami is a joke. I, I would be okay if that organization was punished for their mismanagement of their of the of this situation in some way. They they need to be hung out to dry and made an example of if the NFL is truly committed to stopping, you know, and not, you can't stop the head trauma, but to taking better care of the players. Cause Miami, what they're, what they've done do, uh, to us so dirty this season. It's not even funny. So that, that to me uh, is the worst of the week. Uh, again, Tortua out there getting his brains turned into uh, scrambled eggs again. And uh, wow. Wouldn't you know that they, they all of a sudden turn victory into defeat because their quarterback is dumplings and just throwing awful, like you said, horrible picks just right to the other team. Uh, tends to happen when you're, when your brains are, are scrambled. Mm. Uh, not a good look at all for, for anybody involved. Uh, the Miami Dolphins taking care of their own players, survey says. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what about the, independent uh, spotters. There's supposed to be people that are looking right. for this up there that aren't affiliated with the team at all. Uh, independent doctors. How are you looking for? Uh, no, that, that doesn't look good. Yeah. The NFL does not look good at all for this whole situation. I don't know. I, I, I wondered if Tua should be playing at all back when he was giving gang signs on the field. And I'm wondering again, it's just, it's not a matter of, can he It's not a matter of physically, uh, can he will his body out there as a matter of should he? Uh, because I'm thinking if you ask his family, if you ask uh, doctors around him that aren't affiliated with the Miami Dolphins, that aren't affiliated with the NFL at all, like actual doctors that aren't on anyone's payroll, uh, they'll probably all tell you, no, he really shouldn't go out there and, and play football again. It's just, it's not a, a value. It's not a character evaluation. It's not something that says that he's lesser of a man than anyone else that gets up there and, and battles through concussions and plays. Some people's bodies are not meant to play professional sports or, or professional football. It, it's not anything against him personally. It's just his brain is clearly one of those that's a little looser than others, yeah. and he shouldn't be playing this, this game. He just shouldn't. And Because if you think back, and I'm not again, this isn't an indictment of Tua, but two out of the three hits caused concussions were not anything – Egregious. These not, were guys who were headhunting. I mean, one of them on the first concussion, he basically was just kind of pushed backwards and happened to bonk the back and of his head. Stumbled backwards and you know bonked his head. You know, and then this time he's getting dragged down to the ground and twists the body, so he ends up going backwards. And you know, again, does that uh, you know same kind of you know neck snap into the ground move. Uh, the one in uh, the one on the Thursday night game, you know, when he when, yeah. he, when that was bad. That was yeah. that was he got you know he got blowed up, and that one was awful. Uh, but he shouldn't have been out there for that anyway. So th- this is an overriding thing this season. But yeah, I feel I feel bad for the kid. No, I mean I was I joking. Too. I was joking in the last show about him getting concussed during the uh, flag football game. I wasn't too far uh... off. 
you you may not be far off at all. You you may not, and that's that's just sad. But yeah, someone's got to step in. It, it, obviously, uh, Mike McDaniel isn't going to do it. Obviously, the Dolphins organization isn't going to do it. Obviously, the NFL isn't going to do it. Um, so I, with me and my doctor's degree, in which I have none, but it, it's the same as all of you listening. Um, I, I officially hereby diagnose Tua Tagovailoa should not be. Uh, playing football in the NFL anymore. And it, it's not something that it's, again, it's not against uh, the player. Uh, he's clearly showed the talent to be able to play in this league this year. Uh, yeah. Obviously, uh, MVP candidate, take nothing away from that. But the, the man can't play more than three, four games without getting his, his head bounced and, and concussed. And that's not, that's not good. I mean, how what what's the end game? How far do you want to go? How many concussions do you want to see do you want to see him get carted off the field and then not be able to get up like what what's the what's the limit uh I, i've reached my limit personally as a, as a viewer i don't need to see it anymore no i'm I'm with you i'm with you and then to find out the way we find out after the fact and it just makes that organization look even worse and uh yeah it's 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 a it's a joke it's a sick joke it's a bad joke but still a joke it is uh my worst uh, thing in week 16 to me, that was very, very bad. Um, but in, in a larger picture in general, uh, in a league with only about a dozen good quarterbacks in the entire league, to, let's, let's be honest, there's not very many good quarterbacks out there. We see a lot more bad than good uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, and Tua was one of the good ones. He, he turned out to be one of the good ones after a few years of being one of the not-so-good ones. He turned out to be very good this year, but he can't stay from getting concussed. Um, so this past week, this this past, just egregious, terrible, terrible football. Some of these teams uh, show they have no idea how to run an offense at all. Some of these quarterbacks, uh, Zach Wilson uh, for the Jets, uh, yeah. so bad that he got benched for Chris Streveler. What's his name? Yeah. Um, he got, we, we he got to, booed mercifully, unmercifully. By his fans. Yeah, we talked about that as it happened uh, last week, last Thursday. Uh, Malik Willis, uh, 4.3 yards per uh, attempt in his loss for the uh, the Tennessee Titans, two INTs. Uh, Titans finally hit rock bottom. We were kind of wondering when that was going to happen. I think that's kind of rock bottom when you lose at home to the Houston Texans. That's pretty much it. I Desmond believe that was Ritter. my lock of the week, sir. <laughs> I believe it was. I, I, I believe it was. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, your, your guy in Atlanta, Desmond Ritter, throws her 218, which is uh, almost double Tyler Huntley in that same game. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I, I know the conditions in Cleveland were awful, but come on, you're giving nine figures guaranteed to, to Deshaun Watson. Uh, that should get you more than 4.4 yards per throw. I'm, I'm sorry, that should. Um, and Andy Dalton, oh, uh, he went for 92, 92 yards. Not I, I 292, mean, 92. I, I know the weather was bad in some of these games, but wow, awful, awful, awful football. And beer man, so bad that you got to go to Carson Wentz. I, I, you know, I'm not a fan of beer man at all, but Carson Wentz, really? Yeah. Haven't we seen that? You know, I, I talk about the Tammy movie. We've seen that over and over again. Yeah. We've seen the Carson Wentz movie over and over again, and it's bad. It is real bad. Like, Cisco and Ebert are rising from their graves to, to give two thumbs down to the Carson Wentz movie. It's terrible. 
this these quarterbacks they, they're terrible they're just yeah. awful and the the alternatives are worse they're getting benched for third and fourth stringers who are showing why they're third and fourth stringers we're not that far off from watching like XFL level quarterback play right now it's awful in the NFL uh, so that was the worst thing about uh, the NFL to me it was so bad that you even missed some. That's how bad it was. You forgot yeah. Nick Foles. Oh. oh, good grief. And that quote-unquote effort um, that he put up on Monday night, I mean, just just up and down, we are watching. It, this is not a renaissance of, of quarterback play. It is, it is special, bad it is, what we're watching right now. If they went to Sam Ellinger, if somebody woke up Jeff Saturday and went back to Sam Ellinger, would we be surprised? No, but this is what happens. See, Jeff Saturday pulled the move uh, that got the previous guy fired when he starts. He goes, "I'm up. Nick Foles is our guy for the rest of the way." Yeah, Which Sam Ellinger is our guy for the rest of the, the way. Same thing Frank uh, Reich did. Yeah. When he benched Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger, oh, Ellinger's our guy. Then he's Ellinger's so bad that you yeah. have no choice. But then you get yourself fired, and then the new coach goes back to Matt Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Well, I get, I, what we're discovering is they're all not good. You can uh, go to any one of them. Just keep going in a circle. They're all not good. Yeah. Uh, that was the worst to me. It was, it was terrible. Uh, the smartest thing to you uh, in Week 16. Yeah, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. One of the reasons that I picked against the Bills was because I remembered that they have this insane tendency in bad conditions to be over-reliant on their passing game. And they went into Soldier Field, and they tried that early, and it wasn't working. And then they decided, hey, we're going to run the ball. And, oh, boy, did did that game turn around for them quick (laughs) once they started running the football uh, to the tune of uh, about 250 yards on that Bears defense. Uh, Devin Singletary and James Cook went were one yard away from both going over a hundo on the ground. Um, and that was, what, that was a dominant effort, and that's what you need to do against a team, you know, like the Bears, who's, you know, they're bad. Uh, not let them hang around. Don't. Don't try to be the smartest guys in the room. Just play to the conditions. It was brutally cold. It was windy. And they did the right thing. And uh, they blew their doors off like they should have. So I'm going to give my smartest of the week to the Bills and that game plan and adjusting to the conditions, which I didn't think they were going to do. Well, it feels like to me that your Bills, ever since uh, maybe I'm – playing devil's advocate a little bit. I feel like ever since that game in which the Patriots beat them by throwing like one time, three times, three times. Um, the, the bills don't lose those games anymore. Those, those gritty, terrible weather. Games. Yeah. They, they, they adjust eventually. It might take a while, but they adjust and they win those games too. Like they win all sorts of ways. They win shootouts. They win grind outs. They win cold yeah. weather, snowy weather, uh, great weather. They they really are the offense that can adapt to any conditions. Um, I'm sure I'm going to pick them to win the the Super Bowl one of these years. I didn't do it this year, Um, but but that's your team. That's your account. You're on them long before anybody else. Uh, They, I think, have the most adaptable offense in the entire league because you you put whatever conditions out there in front of them. 
um, and they're going to figure out a way. And even on, if, it, if it was a day where Singletary and James Cook aren't getting it done, uh, then Project would just pick up the, the slack and, and run for a hundo himself if he has to. So uh, they can do it any way you want. Uh, they, they served it up to Chicago um, and, and put them down the way they're supposed to. Um, yeah, they, they can do it all, man. They are they're extremely impressive and, and making me feel dumber, basically from the moment the season began, making me feel dumber and dumber and dumber for not picking them to win at all like everybody else did. Yeah, sometimes the sometimes the chalk is is the right call. Mhm. Uh, which is why I'm a bad gambler because I'm always looking at the chalk and going, "Oh, I can do better than that." Let, let me, <laughs> look at a ten to one shot. I like that better. Yeah. You're always looking for that angle. Uh, mhm. <sighs> but yeah, that's that's the best, still the best team. I've been I, I, I'm convinced they're the best team in football, and I'm still convinced. And then. Nothing's really changed all of that. It doesn't mean they're guaranteed to win it all, but the the Bills are definitely the the, the best to me. Uh, the smartest uh, to me, uh, speaking of figuring out how to run, once again, uh, it's a team taking advantage on the ground when opportunity calls for it. Um, and that's definitely something we both tend to do and, and give our smartest to is the teams that figure out how to, to grind a, an opponent out instead of trying to uh, like you said, be the smartest guy in the room and, and air it out. And we're going to run these formations and these fakes and these jet sweeps and all that stuff. Uh, we're going to just put it to you on the ground the way that we're supposed to, because we know you're going to allow us to do that. And the Detroit Lions allow a lot of people to take it to them on the ground. And the Carolina Panthers said, okay, you're going to give us on the ground. We're going to take it. And they just steamrolled the Lions uh, to the point of what was it? 320 yards rushing for the Carolina Panthers. That's with a three. I didn't stutter. 320 yards. And I did not, holy shit, I did not want to take Sam Darnold over Jared Goff in that particular matchup. But it helps when you're on the side of, when you're Sam Darnold and you're on the side of, of the team that put up 240 rushing yards in the first half. When you're on yeah, that, that side, usually goes it really helps. Way. It really does. Uh, yeah. So Dante uh, Foreman, uh, 165, and your boy Hubba Bubba, 125, as a, as a tandem. Uh, both over 100 in the first half. Each of them over 100 yards in the man. first half. That is dominating. And the Panthers are in striking distance now for a, yeah. for a, a home playoff game. Oh, my God. For a team that, for a team that quit. Yeah. Um, for yeah, an organization was... that quit. I had, I know when I picked that game, I said I, I didn't really have reasons, but I just said, you know, I felt like Detroit was ripe for the plucking, you know, that that was a team that was up and coming and probably starting to feel it a little bit. And now they're a road favorite. And I, I didn't expect it to go like that. Hey, they were up for a plucking, all right. Boy, yeah, Carolina, <laughs> Carolina put the whooping on them. So, uh, yeah, I actually I have an award for this game. This was my letdown of the week. Just because oh. I won the pick doesn't mean I have to overlook the fact that Detroit riding so high, you know, and on this, you know, seemingly they control their own destiny, kind of glide path to the playoffs. And like, wow, are the Detroit Lions, after starting one and six, really, and oh, man, I mean, that ended and it ended hard. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a, yeah, that, that's uh that's not a good way to have that go.
dude. I swear to God, my hand was on the off the rails button. I was about to push it. I swear to God. <laughs> it was right below the now I'm done, and I was yeah. just about to hit it right when you hit it. What a we had the exact same thoughts uh, about yeah. uh, what the Lions did. What a way to have that all kind of come kind of crumbling down on you, to go down to Carolina to a team that traded their best player. This is, they would have run for four hundo if they still had McCaffrey. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, McCaffrey would have 200 in the first half by himself. They wouldn't have had to have a tag team. <laughs> then in the second half, so he would have been benched. And then they would have uh, led Hubba Bubba and, and Corbin Hubba run Bubba. for 100 yeah. each. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I, I mean, here's Carolina. Just, you know, t- obviously they're taking advantage the last couple of weeks of, uh, you know, the house of cards, Seattle Seahawks, and and now the Lions. But still, yeah, they're right there with a chance. But, yeah, I, I, you talk about letdowns. It's really hard not to be let down if you're a, if you're a supporter of the Detroit Lions. Um, for for what they had been accomplishing, but hey, this is what happens with young teams, right? They, they they find ways to stumble, and I think things had been kind of going their way for a while, and they just they ran into a buzzsaw, and uh, it happens. It, it does happen. Well, that's why it's my smartest because the Panthers looked at that defense and said, "What's the glaring weakness?" Right yeah. up the middle, and let's and just hammer that. Only... Yeah. Well, <laughs> what do we do well? Panthers are only competitive if they can run the football. Because if that turns into a Sam Darnold versus Jared Goff, yeah, the Lions win. Yeah, that's why I wanted to take the Lions. Yeah. I wasn't taking the, the, the Darnold side, but I did not see that coming. Yeah, nobody looks at this team or, or this Panthers team and goes, yeah, I would have run for 320 yards. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what the Lions did. There. Now I'm done. I had to hit something. You hit the off the rails, which is exactly what I was going yeah. for. So I'll do the now I'm done. Uh, so the uh, the dumbest thing to you uh, in week 16. Uh, now that Nathaniel Hackett's gone, we get to <laughs> turn our focus to Josh McDaniels. We get to move over from one team in that division to another. Uh, Josh McDaniels is an ass clown, uh, not to the degree of Matt Patricia. Boy Wonder has lost his locker room. He has disgruntled his quarterback, who he has benched for Jarrett Stidham. I'm sure Jarrett Stidham gives you the best chance to win. Uh, Turns out this is all a money play um, because uh, if Carr were to get hurt, I guess that would automatically kick in like a a $33 million injury escalator. So he's being benched for money reasons, which is really dumb. Uh, Josh Jacobs is pissed. Devontae Adams is pissed. Josh McDaniels has lost his team and we haven't even finished the, his first season. He hasn't proven anything to anybody as far as being a competent NFL head coach. And that coaching staff has completely dismantled what was a looked like up and coming team that made the playoffs and was competitive in the playoffs last year. And now they're Joe. Now that the Broncos have taken care of business, Josh McDaniels now gets to move right to the head of the line for one of these, you know, so-called idiot genius uh, head coaches. So uh, stupidest of the week would be McDaniels completely losing his team and benching his quarterback. The jokiest joke part of that is that they could still be a playoff team. They haven't been eliminated yeah, from the wild yeah, card Yeah, it's like a yet. 2% chance. I mean, it's it's remote. But, but um, what you're saying, there's yeah. a chance. There is a chance, but it's very remote. 
No, they're they clearly are doing that for for money reasons. Um, I, I guess when you decide that he's not your guy, and yeah, I guess it's smart to just say, okay, get out. We don't even want to take the chance of you getting hurt. But what everyone is is saying and it's true is he's not your guy. Okay, what are you going to do to replace him? Who are you going to get that's better? Right. Again, there's there's only about ten or twelve decent quarterbacks in the league. He's one of them. Whatever you think of him, Derek Carr is one of the ten or twelve best quarterbacks in football. And I don't know what you're going to replace him with. Uh, Jared Siddham's not going to be the answer. Whatever you draft is not going to be the answer. And whatever you bring in in free agency, whatever random Allen you bring in in free agency is not going to be the answer. Uh, it it, it kind of sucks because you're in that hole where you can't really get better. Uh, Derek Carr is one of the 10 or 12 best quarterbacks in football. He's also never going to win you a Super Bowl. He's not going to ever be good enough to do that unless you like stack the whole defense around him that made up for every mistake that he made and just completely uh, shut the other team down. Uh, like what uh, Kyle Shanahan is trying to construct in San Francisco. They're trying to win a title with just with you as their quarterback, because they have a, the defense that can turn over any mistake and, and shut it down. And right. they have the skill players around to, uh, make any quarterback look like a genius. Uh, so unless you do that, um, and very few t- uh, teams can do that, uh, what are you going to do? You, you can't really uh, improve. Uh, they, they, Yeah, the Raiders were one of the teams that looked like they'd be feisty coming into the season, but that's about it. That's their ceiling. Their ceiling is feisty, um, and that's not good enough, uh, obviously, to win a title, but it, it's tough because – the floor now that you've gotten rid of, of Derek Carr effectively, uh, the floor is much scarier to me. If I'm a Raiders fan, I'm looking down at that floor and, and it looks bottomless. I see nothing but black when I look down and see what's ahead of me. Uh, if Derek Carr is not our quarterback, cause it could be, uh, it could be better if you got one of those other quarterbacks that are better than it, but it could be a lot, 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 lot yeah. worse. So and that's, yeah, that's, the, that's the future. That's a division where you're staring at Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes for the next decade. And you're going, uh-oh, this isn't going to get yeah. it done. The same thing I said when Russ got traded to the Broncos, right? Their yeah. last place team, because you're going up against Derek Carr and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Now, Denver's a dumpster fire. The Raiders, so, so basically, this is a two. This is Chargers Chiefs for the next decade until these guys can figure their shit out. So I'll uh, cover that uh, particular situation with with Derek Carr, and I'll cover that uh, Raiders Steelers game, which was just a complete. Uh, I don't know what to describe it as, but I, I did want to cover Derek Carr and one of my awards. So I'll do that now. Struggling. So here's the thing. We we keep asking about uh, Bryson Brooklyn. We need a, a wellness check to look in on him to make sure he's okay because, you know, when the Steelers are, are struggling, he, he gets to be uh, a ghost, and we haven't heard from him in a couple years now. Uh, but if they ever got back to, you know, top of the AFC, I'm sure he'd call back in. Uh, but now we need a wellness check for, for Emo Boy, for Derek Carr. He Derek Carr is the, the fallout boy of the NFL. He's all emo. He's all crying at – press conferences he's got the black eyeliner he looks like a, a you know somewhere between a heavy metal rocker and a, and a golf boy um yeah. and i just want i wanted to read his stats uh to back up what i've been saying about look however bad he can be you're not going to find too much better out there uh Derek carr this year got benched for jared stidham because 
He put up a 60.8% completion percentage, uh, 3,522 yards, 24 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. That leads the league. That's terrible. No doubt about that. Not trying to sugarcoat it. But those rest of those, you're going to dump him for Jared Stidham after doing that? You think Jared Stidham ever in his life is going to approach those stats uh, in a season? Because I'm guessing no. Um, and, again, anyone else you bring in next year, um, you know, unless his name is Brady and uh, even Brady this year, you, you look at him and go, I don't know if I want to keep going back to that well because obviously somebody, you know, some some year is going to be over for Tom Brady. Some And, and it looks like this is the year because it's just looking worse and worse. Um, but any other free agent quarterbacks out there, I, you're not going to do much better than that. I'm sorry. I, I, however much you might dislike Derek Carr, that's pretty damn good. You could do a lot worse, and they're about to. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Carr giving uh, the Steelers a trio of Christmas presents in his three interception night, uh, or three turnover night uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and and Franco Harris. Guys, the Steelers from heaven or wherever he might be sure. uh, to a win over the over the Raiders. Good for them. Yay, Pittsburgh. Uh, Steelers technically still alive for a playoff spot as well. Um, so, you know, the Steelers go on a this is for Franco run. Don't be completely surprised. We've seen that before. Teams go on some late streak just, you know, rallying around something weird. So it might happen. But that game, I, I did not think the Steelers were going to ever – uh, find a way to, to pull ahead and take that victory. But the no, very last they drive. Looked, they looked lifeless for that whole game. Yeah. And in the very last drive, Kenny Smallhands puts it all together. So, uh, But, you know, Carr gave him the, the opportunity. Carr kept giving him chances, kept turning it over to him, and, you know, eventually, finally, the Steelers took advantage. So, uh, you know, Carr kind of brought it on himself with the turnovers, but again, he, he's really not that bad. When the, in the in the in the scheme of things, you can do a lot worse. Yeah, I I, I agree. So we both have an award for that one. Uh, we did. Uh, I didn't get to my dumbest. You were uh, bringing that up. Uh, was that your yep. dumbest? The Derek Carr stuff? Okay. Uh, yeah, Josh McDaniels losing his team was my dumbest ah, of the week. Got it. Uh, my dumbest of the week, uh, this one will be short. Remember Miles Austin, the uh, former ace receiver for, yes! the, uh, for the Cowboys? Uh, he's a wide receivers coach for the Jets now. I had no idea. Um, and we all found out this week that he's a wide receivers coach for the Jets because the NFL suspended him. And for gambling. The NFL, they suspended him for gambling. He got the Calvin um, Ridley uh, treatment. He did. Uh, I, I, I don't. I didn't read the details. I don't know if they snuck around on his account and figured it out, and figured out the detail. I don't know exactly how they found out or whatever. Uh, but it's just the, the reason it's dumb is because all the gambling that you see on every football po- uh, telecast that you tune into, and all the DraftKings and all the BetMGM and all the Caesars and all of the different uh, gambling people that the the, that the NFL is in bed with. And then you're going to turn around and suspend a coach for gambling after you've advertised gambling to everybody that's part of your organization, as part of your your watching uh, network. Um, That doesn't make sense to me. Like, you're going to advertise this thing to me and then suspend me for taking part in in that thing. Um, And the cherry on top that makes it uh, the dumbest of the week to me is that he's not even – 
accused of gambling on the sport. He was gambling on basketball, apparently. Why? So you're not – this isn't even for football gambling that he gets suspended for a whole year. This is just – this non-NFL sports that he was that he was accused of gambling on. And seriously, you're gonna kick him out for a year for gambling after all of the gambling advertisement? Am I crazy? Is this not the same thing as you advertise beer to me and then you suspend me for drinking? Is it is that not the same? <laughs> I mean, well, I, yeah, I could understand a penalty if he was betting on football games, right? He's betting NBA. Who cares? I mean, could he? Well, what happened if he went to the track? Because that's gambling too. Yeah. Yes, it is. I'm not sure what the difference would be. He goes to the casino be. and sits down and you know plays some some World Series of Poker. You know, oh, wait, is that Miles Austin? A World Series of Poker suspended. <laughs> no, I guess that's fine because that's not sports. He, he's oh, betting on sports. But gambling. Yeah, it, it is. That means, and, that means you could be compromised because you're a the degenerate NFL gambler. Get all this gambling advertising going around. So I don't know why some gambling is okay and uh, other yeah. is not. and it, that That's just dumb to me. It's hypocritical. You are correct. Very much. Uh, the biggest surprise in Week 16 to you? Uh, just a, a stat. It's not a surprise when you understand the stat. But just the fact that uh, we had a, a record set this week, we didn't—I didn't even realize—by the Minnesota Vikings, who have now set the NFL record for winning their 11th one-score game. 11 and 0 in one-score games. 11 and 0 in one-score games. Those your your 2022 Minnesota Vikings now own the NFL record uh, for most one-score victories in a single season, 11 of their 12 <laughs> have been by one score or less, which is how you end up with a plus five point differential <laughs> and a 12 and three record. Plus five. Plus five. Now that they have beaten <laughs> the giants, because that was a field goal game. As we said, feels like a field goal game. And it was, they are 12 and three. They're nine games over 500 plus five in the, differential column not only did we say that but that's actually my second exact point score prediction of the season 27 24 nailed it right on the button yeah because we knew it was going to be a field goal one way or the other and yeah most all time uh 11 uh one score victories unfortunately that's not a scale no it's also not sustainable they didn't do that on purpose. They didn't look at the score being within one and said, okay, boys, now we will win because that's what we do. <laughs> that, no, that's not that's not how that works. Uh, <laughs> you don't so, get to choose to be on one on the correct side of yeah. one score games all the time. It, it's not doesn't work that way. Uh, yeah, they had to let Denny Dimes go wild to keep the Giants within three. Um, that that defense, uh, it, it, it's, it's just bad. but it's it's yeah. It's there bad. are no perfect teams. I mean, we we're clearly on the record that there are no perfect teams. That Minnesota defense. There's a reason they're only plus five. Their defense Oof. is trash. Terrible. They they can't cover anybody. Um, but yeah, good for them. <laughs> this is all we can say. Good for them. But yeah. but that's not. What surprised you? 
The Chargers don't go for it. That was a shock. Oh, my God. So, Brandon Staley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's – Because he this knew. Is how bad, he knew. Well, this, is how, this is how bad Nick Foles was for, for Indianapolis. Yes. Brandon Staley got to fourth and goal Monday night at the two-yard line yeah. in the third quarter up 10-3, to three, which is, for him, automatically go for it. And he took the field goal. Yeah, because he knows if he goes up 10, it's over. He knew he did not have to try to run up and get as many touchdowns as he could because he was playing <laughs> Nick Foles yeah, and the playing, Indianapolis Colts. He was playing the spectator coach. Wow, man, what a great stadium this is. <laughs> That's Justin Herbert, man. He's good. He knew the Colts weren't coming back for shit. The, the, the Clippers just roll all over the Colts. That was the biggest shock to me. I didn't know he was capable of making that kind of choice. And I thought he was, like, addicted to it. Like, oh, my God, fourth and two. Fourth and goal at the two. Oh, my God, I got to go. I got to go. Oh my God. I got to go for it. I need some of it. Let's go. And even he <laughs> said, no, nah, take the three. Take the three. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need the touchdowns. We're playing Nick Foles. Oh, my so God. So it, it, it's somewhere in him. Like, actual NFL coaching yeah. does exist within Brandon Staley. If you're playing an opponent shit enough that he knows he doesn't have to go right. for touchdowns all the time, then he'll do it. Everybody else? No, oh, man, and, we got to yeah. go. We got to get to seven. And being up 10 or 13 isn't that much different. Than being a or 10 seven, or 14. Oh, 14, rather. It's two scores either way, right? So, so just, yeah. yeah, the Colts were never coming back, and they didn't. They they, they stopped at three. Yeah. So yeah that, I knew. I'm surprised you didn't do smartest for that one. You could have done that, too. <laughs> I, I guess I could have. Uh, but, but I'm not the one that's on the side of, oh, he can't go for it because it's just the – you got to take the three all the time. Yeah. Or, you know, I do I'm, shit I'm not, on him I a lot. I, I get yeah. it. I get it. I do. I don't think it's I a terrible call to, uh, all the time. To give it, it raised it raised an antenna up for me. Like, oh, oh, okay, but it didn't wasn't I, enough where I was going to give it an award. So, well, I uh, was shocked. I was. <laughs> I gave my uh, letdown to the Lions face planting. You so, did. what's your letdown? What let you down? Oh boy, um, the uh, the Denver Broncos defense have been making things a, a little less dire uh, all season yeah. for them. Uh, until Christmas Day, and they stopped making things uh, less dire. They let the Rams stomp all over them, and the reason uh, that was a letdown was not just because of uh, the Broncos' D, which had been uh, had been pretty stout, uh, not being stout anymore, but it was a letdown because Cam Akers just going crazy all day, up and down. For my bench. Oh, no. In my fantasy matchup, in my playoff fantasy matchup. I'm guessing you – did you lose? I lost by five points. Oof. What was it? What did you leave, 40 on your bench? See, I, in this, I don't even – I don't know. I didn't it actually was a lot. look. It was, it was a, a lot. It was a lot more than five. Was it was – he scored three, three times. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, buck 18 and three tutties, yep, and, and a couple that's, catches. That's your, that's your move. It is. Just not the move you want to pull out in the playoffs, and not against the uh, opponent. The opponent that I had, okay, I wasn't 
going to go look it up, but now I got to go uh, just to show you how painful it was and how great oh, the man. opponent I was playing against and the fact that I was hanging in there and could have won the matchup if I would have decided to use Cam Akers over. Um, I decided to go with uh, Zach Moss on Monday night. Oh, because no. Was, yeah, because he was playing against the Chargers who yeah. can't stop anybody uh, on the ground. Right. I mean, it Except- was... Except for Zach Moss and the Colts. <laughs> they didn't really stop Zach Moss on the ground. No. He averaged five-something yards a carry. Yeah. Uh, he just didn't get in the end zone. Um, my opponent, who went – oh, I lost by less than eight. So I, I would have won. My opponent uh, started out with Joe Burrow. So I'm already on the uh, – you know, against the eight ball. Yeah, Burrow yeah. and T. Higgins. Yeah, Burrow, T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, Saquon Barkley, Tyree Oh, Hill. my God. Uh, yeah, he's loaded. Uh, and, and David Montgomery, um, and even his kicker, Matt Gay. Actually, he won because he had Matt Gay, who also in that Rams game went crazy uh, with a bunch of field goals and yeah, a bunch of like PATs. Six field goals? Uh, looks like he had three field goals and six PATs. Oh. Yeah, okay, that's what it was. So yeah, I'm playing against that, and that's a juggernaut, and he put up a buck forty-three on me. And I still had a chance because I had Josh Allen and I had uh, Devontae Smith and I had George Kittle and I had Jerry Judy and I had Nick Chubb and I had Mike Williams uh, got got me a decent amount of points. And I was right there, man. If I'd have just inserted Cam Akers instead of Zach Moss, I'd have went over. It it was, uh, let's see, Cam put up 33.7. That's what Cam put up. 33, oof. Yeah, but that Denver defense, you don't know they're going to just do that. I was this close to making the move, and I even went and did research and talked myself out of it that way. It wasn't Ah. just that Denver had a better defense. I went and researched rushing touchdowns allowed at that point in the season last week, and Denver had only given up seven, and L.A. had given up 14, and I said, okay, I'm going with Zach Moss because he's going to get in at least once. <sighs> and if he does get in once, you win. That's it. That, that, that would have been it. Yeah, pretty, pretty damn close to it. Wow. All right, that hurts. Um, so that's, that's, my, that's why that's my letdown. That goes I, into the pantheon oh of your football, oh. fantasy football failings there. And then the worst, uh, probably the worst part, of even making the, that mistake, which wasn't really a mistake, it was just the, you know, the, the wrong, I made the wrong call, but who knew? But the the worst part of it is me putting up a buck thirty five, and still losing because I, I ran into a fucking juggernaut, man. And it, well, they earned it, right? It wasn't cheap. Man, but I but I had I had the team. I had the I, I had the team that put up a buck thirty five when the fantasy playoff started. I still lost. Yeah, you needed a buck seventy. All right, I, I'm through venting about that. Um, <laughs> so I, I gave my Joe, so it's your struggling. Uh, yeah, I, you know, ironically, I'm staying in the same game. Okay. Because you know you're struggling when you get roasted by a cartoon character. That's how bad it was for Russell Wilson on the Nickelodeon broadcast. <laughs> getting roasted by Patrick Starr from SpongeBob SquarePants. 
see uh, players, they have the ball, and they're going to see if they can find a way to move it. Oh, nice. And so what's up? Oh, there's Russ Wilson. Actual, uh, the actual. Oh. No, I heard that a, a cartoon character roasted Russ. I yes. did see that, but I didn't know exactly what he said. So yes, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not Sponge what he Bob's, wanted to cook. That's SpongeBob's <laughs> dim-witted best friend, Patrick. Ro- watch the clip. Watch the video clip of it because he's down in the corner, you know, animated and talking and commentating on the game as Russell Wilson is throwing an interception, uh, one of his many in that game. But, wow, you have really reached a new low when you're the Denver Broncos, when you're getting roasted on national TV um, by a cartoon character. Uh, I, I said the uh, Titans, they did rock bottom. Maybe that's rock bottom right yeah. there. That's not what he wanted to cook. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Oh, man. So yeah, I I, was, I wasn't sure if you had heard that or seen that, but no. yeah, that was uh, I made sure to pull that one for the show because that's that's an all timer right there. Yes, 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 it is. That's that's called an <laughs> interception. <laughs> right, so who isn't who isn't Russ roasting Russ at this point? Like, is this is kids making Man. fun of him when he comes home? His wife, like, is yeah, just everybody just piling on him is we already know his team hates him uh yeah everybody hates maybe. russell they just pile on russ uh, didn't his teammates get into a fight over there uh, on the bench there as well like trying to one of them was trying to defend russell and say hey come on pick him up let's pick up russ you know let's help him out and he got shoved for his or whatever trying to pick up russ somebody came back and shoved him into the, like fuck you what the hell come on Nothing was going right for the Broncos, and and so yet another uh, reason why your coach got fired. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I did my struggling, so I, I guess that just leaves Danielle. Well, for your listening pleasure, I give Uh-oh. you the heavy. I give you the heavyweight bout of heavyweight bouts after Monday Night Football. It's Joe Buck. Versus Scott Van Pelt. That's it. I get one question. That's all. Yeah, you know, I just I, I decided tonight, Joe, that I wanted to talk to, to Troy more. Than you. I know, but I have to awkwardly stand here while he answers right, questions. You want, me to, you want me to block yeah. him out here? Ask me another yeah. one. Come on. Yeah, but Let's it was warmer the... tonight. It was warmer tonight, wasn't it? Huh? Warmer? It sure was. Yep. Inside. <laughs> In, inside. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. That was my second question. Yeah. Did you have a good Christmas, it was warmer inside. Was it a nice Christmas? I had a good Christmas. Yeah, little boys had a nice Christmas. Christmas, I appreciate it. One got a drum set, one got a guitar. That's why I'm happy I'm in Indianapolis tonight. Uh, yeah, but you, you got that you got that private jet money, buddy. You'll get home by by you'll be home by eleven. Eleven local. Yeah, but don't don't tell Michelle that. I'm gonna milk this for yeah, now. Right. All right. Exactly. Right, this yeah. is really getting awkward, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna segue out of it. Boys, happy New Year. Your show. It's your show. Yeah, it's, Thought it you is. wanted rating. Oh, wow. What? 
God. Uh, yeah. If you need it, yeah. Well, we all knew Joe Buck was a kind of a tool bag, but oh my God. <laughs> Just puts it out there, doesn't appreciate the fact that he has to stand around with Troy Aikman after the game to do their interview with Scott Van Pelt and only gets asked one question and then just gets all combative and it's like, ugh. It's like, yeah, that, that to me is like, what, what the fuck are you doing, man? Joe Buck, dude. But being a douche like that is what uh... – prompts Scott to come back with the question, was it warmer there? Which we know what that's a reference to. <laughs> and that's awesome. <laughs> Scott, for that, yeah. that, that is awesome right there. We know exactly what that's supposed <laughs> to be re- referencing. So for that, <laughs> God, I, I was always a fan. I, I know you uh, seem to be smarter than, than most, and, and that just proved it or, or affirmed it right there. Uh, because I'm sure Buck's face was turning red when when that was said, and uh, anything that makes Joe Buck uh, embarrassed and, and turn red is a is a good thing in my book. Yep. So thank you for that, Scott Van Pelt. So I thought you'd enjoy that exchange. I don't know if you'd heard that one or seen. I that didn't one. hear that. I knew I heard about it, but I didn't hear yep. the actual exchange for that either. Because uh, if I'd have heard him reference, uh, is it warmer there? I probably would have pulled the, the, that clip myself because that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. <laughs> the heavyweight bout, Joe Buck versus Scott Van Pelt, which that's, just that's leaves great. you nope. for one last. Hang on, I want, I, I wanted to check. Also, was it uh, was it warm there in LA? I wanted to make sure. Getting a lot of text messages from family and friends about that scene with Parham Jr. And last thing we would ever do is speculate about any injury, especially that type. But when you see his arm shaking and his hand shaking on his way out, that's the part that's most unnerving. I will just add this. It is very cold, at least by Los Angeles standards, down on the field. And hopefully that was more the issue than anything else. Huh? Uh, the game what? what the fuck was that? That's Joe. What? the hell are you talking about so that was for anyone who wasn't aware was what we're uh, what scott was referencing about was it colder or warmer there which is <laughs> <Was it warmer? laughs> yeah, that's awesome uh we, we'll we'll wrap up the uh recap by circling back to the tua for for the what the fuck because that was my what oh. the fuck was come on what what are we doing uh and the, the game itself let's, uh putting aside for a second the uh the third or fourth or 400th concussion uh the game itself, the Dolphins' first two drives against the Packers were explosive. Green Bay was getting housed. They they knew early they was going to have to uh, try to match that output, and they, and they really couldn't do it. They, if you remember, the Packers had a fake, uh, panicked fake punt at one point. Yeah. They were uh, in their own end and, and tried to fake a punt, and that didn't work. That cost them three points because the short field, the Dolphins uh, immediately kicked the field goal after that. Basically, it was a Dolphins showcase for the first three quarters until the fourth when Tua uh, banged his head and then started targeting Green Bay Packers uh, defensive backs and thought they were Dolphins wide receivers for some reason. Um, And, God, knowing now what happened, which I didn't know at the time, um, it's really sickening. But at the time, it was just like, what the fuck? What? Just one throw after the other after the other right to the Packers, DBs, nowhere near uh, the intended receiver, whoever the intended receiver, a couple of them, I don't know who the intended receiver was. There was no Dolphins in the area at all. Like, it was just right to wide-open Green Bay Packers. Uh, so now we find out these Dumplings again, and, and they don't 
Uh, they kind of don't know when or how. They kind of think it was when it got twisted down. It, it, again, it's so such a you know small impact plays. It's really hard to pinpoint you know exactly when because you, you can get hit how hard he went down or how softly he went down. You get hit hit like that almost every play. Like that that wasn't yeah. even close to being you know an egregious uh, blasting of the head or anything like that. So it could have been that one. It could have been another one before that. Who knows? Uh, but the point is, it was uh, it was a fourth quarter that basically gave the game to the Packers, you know, keeping them on line and, and within range of getting to that that nine and eight and, and sneaking into the playoffs. Um, and it, it shouldn't have happened because the Dolphins were clearly the better team on Christmas, and Tua basically gave the game to the to the Packers, and now we know why he he gave it to them. Like what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, it kind Pull of makes me feel a little icky, but. Again, the, yeah. the organization. You, you got to see what's going on, and you got to make that move, and you got to you got to yank them. I, I don't very rare, I don't very often uh, advocate for organizations to be punished. Dolphins have earned it. I, I agree, uh, but they shouldn't be alone. Uh, wh- why are we having independent spotters if that's going to happen? Ugh. What was the point? And that's following up on you know with a couple of weeks ago with uh, Devontae Parker of the Patriots, like literally staggering around the field, and nobody yeah. pointed that out. The, the well, teammates had to the, point uh, and say, the one hey. Nelson Aguilar had to stop the game? Yes. He's pointing like, apparently Nelson dude, Aguilar, my, my dude here. Apparently, he apparently Nelson Aguilar is the spotter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's getting double duty. He's getting oh, paid to oh, be the, oh, the medical oh, spotter. Oh, we have a concussion. <laughs> oh. Uh, I don't think the players are supposed to be the spot. The players are busy playing. They shouldn't have to be the oh. spotters as well. So, yeah, the, the league is definitely not uh, uh, free of any kind of criticism when it comes to what's going on there. So, so that was my that was definitely my WTF because what the fuck, man. Um, all right, is that uh, going to wrap it up for our recap of Week 16? I um, believe so. I don't know if were there any. Let me was there, see any pressing games that we overlooked. I think we've mentioned just about everybody that needed to, to be mentioned. Looking at all the games, we didn't talk about Dallas and Philly. Uh, no, the liability. I am starting to notice here with the uh, Eagles. The last couple of games has been Miles Sanders who hmm. has put the ball on the turf for them in, in costly positions and does it again and gives that ball right back to Dallas, which enables them to uh, go on to victory. And then he did it against the Bears that allowed the Bears to then, uh, when, when the Eagles were just trying to salt that game away, and yep. allows the Bears to come back and, and get back and, and sneak under that. And so watch out for with Miles Sanders, who, who had been like fairly mistaken proof for most of his career now putting the ball on the turf not good not good uh the cowboys that that was my log and i and i got it and i'm happy for it they were lucky as hell they were so <laughs> yeah, were... yeah I, that i was on Minshew mania and the eagles and they they were there uh, you, you don't win titles going down ten nothing to to Minshew Mania. You don't win it. Uh, you know, Philly could not take care of the football. That's basically why uh, Dallas was able to come back and win that right. game. And also, uh, you, you you don't have a play for third and thirty. Uh, but they, and they threw did. it up for, for they threw it up for T Y Hilton and and they, and they convert to third and thirty. If you want to contend for championships, counting on the converting third and thirties, go right ahead. But you're not going to get very far doing that. Well, you also, um, if you want to contend for championships, giving up third and thirties 
good luck with that. <laughs> well, that, that's uh, I, I've been waiting for the Eagles uh, to kind of show their cracks, and that, that's also something that happened in that game as well. Uh, yeah, that, I, I guess I don't really believe too much in, in both of those teams, uh, basically, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, not not too much else uh, for those other uh, weather games. Uh, ugly, yucky uh, weekend of football, terrible weather, terrible games. Uh, the Atlanta and Baltimore ugly as hell. Uh, Saints out grit clean in the elements, good for them. Uh, yeah, that, I, I don't think I have too much else to talk about week 16 there. No, I think we're good. we got, what, 15 more to pick, and it's a, it's a full schedule. It is. We got started uh, with a push, so we don't have to worry about uh, the Thursday night. That, that was one hell of a crazy <laughs> push, by the way, because that yeah. line just kept moving and moving. And, my God, when I put my pick on Twitter, it was 12 and a half. Wow. And no joke, by the time you post, it made it to 14. And, and there you have it. It jumped up to, to 14. And, yeah. uh, Al kept, kept referencing 13 and a half during the telecast, so I guess that's where he got it, him and his bookie or whatever. I don't know. Ah, No, I had, uh, seen, so. I had seen 13 and a half. I had seen 12 and a half. I'd seen 14. But either way, we, we, we eat the push. Uh, kind of an odd one. It was 27, the 27-13 push on a – yeah, just a, a – just a bad game, and the Cowboys didn't play very sharp like, like you were worried about, and the Titans really couldn't do anything like I was worried about. So we were both right. Uh, fitting that it's a push, then. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, 15 other games to get to that we will pick uh, for Sunday and Monday night, and we will do that in a couple of minutes. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason's on Twitter too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you can get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and go through our archives, or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address in much less detail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. 
uh, what a difference a weekend makes uh, climate-wise. Uh, up there in Lambeau tomorrow in the uh, or Sunday in the uh, late afternoon, 37 degrees. That's the coldest forecast this weekend of all the outdoor games is 37 at Lambeau. That would have been the warmest last weekend of all the games outside of uh, California and Florida. Uh, so thankfully the weather has dissipated. I'm sure we uh, have some stories about what uh, the weather brought us and everything that happened. We definitely had a lot of uh, things happen down here uh, in Memphis because, again, we're not used to going from 50 degrees to zero in one day. So that kind of wrecked some havoc on us, including wrecking havoc uh, on our after show last week when my power flash took me down. Hopefully everything stays intact uh, for this week. All right, let's get to week 17, the penultimate week of football Two more weeks to go in the regular season. Um, and we'll start with the Dolphins visiting the Patriots uh, with Tua, of course, Dumplings again. Teddy Bridgewater, the man under center for the Miami Dolphins up in New England. Uh, they will have a game-time decision on their pass rusher, Bradley Chubb, with an ankle injury. Their offensive line is all beat up, so that will be a problem for them to protect Teddy. Uh, but the Patriots have their issues as well. They're all-purpose cornerback, the returner, wide receiver, running back Marcus Jones, he's dumpling, so he won't play. Um, Devontae Parker is still dumpling, he's still not going to play. Uh, but they looks like they're going to get uh, Damian Harris back at running back just in time because Ramondre Stevenson is having some uh, fumble issues as well. Uh, these two teams opened the season. Week one, Miami won down in Miami 20-7. to uh, That was Matt Patricia's first game as the de facto Offensive coordinator and resulted in seven points. Uh, we'll see if they do any better this time. Dolphins uh, two and a half point underdogs to Mac Jones and the Patriots. Yeah, I think we're getting the uh, the Tua discount this week. I believe yeah. on the on the Dolphins with Tua not being there and going to Teddy Bridgewater. I guess you're starting to see because I don't think this would have been Miami uh, plus two and a half had that no. been Tua out there. All the other skill position players, they're all still there. Teddy Bridgewater has proven that he can be a capable backup and he can guide this offense. He does it in a little bit different way, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more check down driven, but he, he's still still focused. I mean, he still has a connection with Tyreek Hill, but maybe this means you see a little bit more Mike Kosicki. Maybe this means you see a little bit more of the, the running backs catching the ball out of the backfield. I still think it's going to be good enough. Um, basically what is going to, amount to a playoff should amount to a playoff atmosphere both these teams playing for their lives right now um but i'm going to take miami uh even without tua to go in there and and win the game definitely uh, should be a playoff atmosphere patriots are literally right behind the dolphins in in the the playoff order right there dolphins um if they can win and the jets lose the dolphins would actually clinch a wild card spot uh but if they lose to the patriots the the pats would jump right up there uh uh, in that spot. So, you know, they're going to be going at it uh, tooth and nail divisional matchup. You know, they don't like each other. Uh, it, it's not, it, it's not the same offense under Teddy Bridgewater uh, than it is under Tua. There's, there's no doubt about it. It's not the same offense under anybody. We saw uh, the third string quarterback get some action for the Dolphins as well. He looked terrible. Uh, pretty much anyone not Tua is not running that offense the same way. Um, yet New England's offense just can't compete with Cheetah and Waddle. So exactly what you said, the best 
uh, position players uh, on the field are still all definitely on the Dolphins' side uh, as opposed to the Patriots' side. Uh, so despite the Patriots' defense probably getting at uh, Bridgewater, I'm, I'm still going to take the Dolphins to eventually uh, come out on top there, especially uh, as underdogs. Uh, another divisional matchup, Bears-Lions, Chicago 3-12, and Detroit 7-8. and They had a fun matchup uh, in Week 10, Detroit somehow won 31 to 30 at Soldier Field, despite the Bears being up by a lot uh, of 14 points uh, late in the fourth quarter. And uh, many, one of many blown leads for uh, Chicago. They seem to be very good at that, running the ball, getting a lead, and then finding a way to let it slip away thanks to that terrible, terrible defense. Uh, Jace Claypool may return at receiver for the Bears this week from his knee injury. Uh, but other than that, not much going for the, uh, for the Chicago offense outside of Justin Fields. Uh, the 3-12 and 12 Bears are the big dogs here. Uh, they are plus six at the 7-8 and eight Lions. Yeah, that 31-30 game was one of those Justin Fields is the man games when we were in that stretch um, where we had that Miami game and then we had that Detroit game. Yeah, where, where Justin Fields, just that offense shifted. Like you started to notice, you know, the – they were catering the offense more to fields. There were more called runs for the quarterback. He was busting off, you know, ripping these huge gains. Nobody's touching them. I don't see it going any different. I think the Bears could keep this under six for sure. Um, I'm going to take the Bears in the points. I think the Bears can run all over these guys, and they're getting Khalil Herbert back into the mix. I don't think the wide receiver core matters at all to this Bears team. Um, it's basically going to be Justin Fields and then those uh, two running backs, maybe a little bit of like Cole Komet uh, in the game. If you want to just get the ball out once in a while, if they, if they got like a long third down or something, otherwise I think they're going to keep this on the ground and abuse the lions that way. I do think the lions are going to return the favor. This isn't going to be one sided for the bears. The lions are going to be perfectly capable of moving. So that this to me, that 31 30 is well within reach. Right. They surprised a lot of people by going uh, over the number uh, at Soldier, and this is indoors on the turf. So, yeah, they can go right back over that number again and then even farther over, perhaps. Um, even though there's a lot of uh, un, you know unknowns, which Lions squad do we get, uh, which Bears squad, you know, can they possibly hold a lead this time? Can they get a lead? Um Justin Fields on turf might be lights out. He might run away from the Lions, and they might they might not be able to catch him at all. Um, but he has to be lights out to hold up that god awful uh, defense. Uh, I'm I'm going to take the points as well. I definitely don't feel good about it. I, I actually have the Lions winning by six, so I had to pick a side. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to pick the uh, the Chicago side because, uh, as you said, uh, they can possibly hang on and and. Uh, compete in that game just by using uh, the the running game uh, to stay close to the Lions and then yeah the Lions shouldn't be trusted to be able to put anybody away especially with a great running attack considering what happened uh, last weekend in in Charlotte that was just that was awful uh, it, may, it may happen uh, again similarly in this one uh, Cardinals Falcons doesn't need to be discussed very much uh, Arizona four and eleven Atlanta five and ten. Um, Colt McCoy not cleared to play. It looked like he was going to be, uh, but he is not. So uh, Cliff Kingsbury makes the decision again with these terrible, terrible quarterbacks. Uh, that it wasn't uh, 
Trace McSorley that that wasn't the answer, so he's going to go to David Blau, the former Lions quarterback. Thanksgiving uh, hero, David Blau. <laughs> he, he has that uh, in his quiver, and he will never let it go because that's pretty much his entire career highlight. Uh, so David Blau gets a start for the Cardinals. Um, if that isn't bad enough, uh, Newkirk is knee in practice, uh, I think, today, so he's got a chance to miss the game. So it's it, not looking good uh, at all for, for Arizona, except for the fact that they're playing uh, uh, Atlanta and, and, and that quarterback that hasn't figured things out yet at all. Uh, Falcons uh, are the favorites at home, uh, five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Cardinals. Yeah, that's a big number. I kind of waffled on this one back and forth, but I think I think the thing that pushed me over the edge was, was David Blau. Really, <laughs> really. I mean, Desmond Ritter, little better in the second game than he was in the first. I think this is going to be another game where he can improve. He's starting to get you know, he's getting the speed of the game. He's playing against an absolute trash defense. Um, Arizona isn't going to stop anybody, which I think plays perfectly into Atlanta's hand, which is they want to run the football, set it up that way. This is this is what Arthur Smith likes to do. I think this is going to probably be, if anybody's going to go off in this game, it's probably going to be Tyler Algier. This feels like the Tyler Algier show, and then hopefully Desmond Ritter coming along for the rides and play action, getting a little bit of something going there. I have so little faith in, I'm not locking this one up, but I don't have any faith <laughs> in what, Arizona's good. No, I'm not locking this one up. I have a little faith in what you Arizona's going like, to be able to do just moving the football and not know. I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked if there's a defensive touchdown in this game or a strip sack, you know, a scoop and score. So I think that's going to be enough to keep Atlanta over the number. I'm going to take Atlanta and give the five and a half. I, I can't. Uh, I know. Under, it's under no under no circumstance do I think the Falcons deserve to be five and a half point favorites over anybody. I'm sorry, I just can't. I can't do it. Uh, so I will take Arizona in the points based on nothing more than the Falcons don't deserve to be five and a half point favorites over anyone. Uh, moving on to the uh, AFC South, the Jaguars and the Texans. So this one, Jacksonville actually has nothing to play for. They've right. actually. Uh, Tennessee has fallen so far to earth that the Jaguars now can actually rest people if they choose to and wait for next week because they played Tennessee, and no matter what Jacksonville does against the Texans, uh, they can still win the division if they beat Tennessee next week. So uh, this is one of those uh, mystery games that it might be uh, sort of a Week 18 clusterfuck-style game where the, clearly the better team has nothing to play for and therefore uh, the, the much worse team might be the team you want to look at and take uh, in this situation. Um, I think that leans, uh, that leans to the point spread because the Texans really aren't anywhere near the Jaguars. They're not on their level at all. And yet the seven and eight Jags are only a three point road favorite at the two twelve and one Houston Texans. And Doug, Doug Peterson, he, he swears he's playing this one to win. He's like, Hey, you, hello, you play to win the game. <laughs> Uh, Doug Peterson hey, swears up and down. Now, I would. Does that mean that they play the first quarter to win the game, or the first drive to win the game, and this basically just turns into a glorified uh, preseason game? I, I really don't know. Um, does, do, do we see the Jacksonville starters for the first half and then have no idea? This does feel like a Week 18 game more than a Week 17 game because there's just that sort of that random element. Um, and Houston gets the win last week. 
they they compete should have probably should probably be on a three game winning streak. Uh, but but I, I, again, Jacksonville, I think this is still the better team. I don't know if their backups are better than the Houston starters. I just don't know. We might see. I'm going to take Jacksonville and give the three. It feels like a discount. Hello? uh, You play to win the game. It feels like a discount because of the unpredictability of what is Jacksonville actually going to do and what are they playing for. So I'm still going to take Jacksonville because they probably should be a seven-point favorite, and they're only three. You you are getting a value, uh, just depending on how much the Jaguars take this game seriously, if they really do. Right. The mystery that nobody uh, really knows. These two teams played a scintillating matchup in week five down in Jacksonville that the Texans won 13 to six. And in that one, uh, Damian Pierce uh, just kept breaking tackles and would not be stopped. Of course, he is hurt and will not play in this one. Um, That overcame the Jaguars putting up over 400 yards of offense and coming up with six points. Yeah, they just Uh, kept, they just kept getting turned away in that game. That that kind of the first half of the season felt like they were, you know, same old Jags, just not going to be right. able to put it together. And, and Trevor Lawrence has kind of flipped the switch in the second half, and, and he's finishing off a lot more of those drives and putting it in the end zone, whether it's Zay Jones or uh, Marvin yeah. Jones or whoever Evan else he wants to target there. Yeah. Back from the dead? Yeah, uh, rising from the dead, Evan Ingram. Um, so I'm taking uh, – the, the Texans, uh, not because I believed in the Houston Texans uh, in any way, shape, or form, but because I don't know how much of that Jacksonville team is coming to, to play. How right. uh, are they going to do that for four quarters? Uh, they can do it for you know two quarters and, and go out to a two-touchdown lead, but then allow Houston to rally back because they're resting guys and sitting stars yeah. and whatnot. Uh, and, and the Texans, uh, despite I still truly believe they're the worst team in the league, but They've been fighting. They have been fighting the last few weeks. I don't know why or how, but uh, they, they've been contending. Uh, so, yeah, the Jack, the, they don't have to play anyone very long. Um, and it sets up perfect for the Texans who have been covering spreads lately and, and fighting for some reason. So I'm going to take the, the fighting Texans. Yeah, I can't, I can't blame you. They're, this, is, this really is get, get, the, you know, get the dime. This is that kind of game. <laughs> it really is. Uh, all right, Colts and Giants, um, two fraud teams with two ties uh, to their credit. So that's very fitting uh, that they're going against each other. The four ten and one Colts visiting the eight six and one Giants. Uh, Ashton Doolin is still dumplings thanks to Derwin James. They basically knocked each other out uh, in that particular collision on Monday night. Uh, so neither one of them are playing in their games. Uh, more Nick Foles, the quarterback for the Colts. Uh, more hospital balls for the receivers. You might get another guy hurt with those terrible <laughs> throws of his. Uh, the Colts are, of course, the underdogs. They are plus five and a half at the Giants. Yeah, this is a hard one to pick because we we keep talking about like we had the fraud bowl last week, you know, with the Giants and the Vikings, and played out exactly like we thought it would. But I, man, what's the Colts? How? Do you, you see what they responded to, you know, with, after coming back off of that 33 nothing blown lead. They come back, they go up against a usually pretty suspect Chargers defense, and they put up three. Mm. And now they're going to go to New York. And I, I, I don't know if they're going to put up much more than that. <laughs> I think they're in the tank. I, I think it's over for that team. Nick Foles looks done. I'm going to take the Giants 
give the points. I hate the Giants as a big favorite. This is this is what qualifies as a big favorite, by the way, for the Giants. It's five and a half. Uh, they can right. win by a touchdown, sure. They, they can beat this Colts team by a touchdown. Uh, they'll certainly be up for it and motivated. They get a wild card. They clinch a wild yeah. card spot, the Giants do, uh, with a victory uh, over the Colts. Uh, there's a few stats that I'm trying to start digging into, getting ready for the playoffs, trying to find some extra edges and, and ways to pick these games of, uh, other than my normal favorite stats. Uh, so in this one, I'm looking at the Giants. I'm looking at the fact that they are fifth uh, in the league. Most sacks allow Danny Dimes for all his mobility does not seem to still have the ability to get out of the way when people are coming at him. Um, I still uh, enjoy watching the Colts uh, rush the passer. I still enjoy DeForest Buckner. I still enjoy Quiddy Pay. They still got some some dogs down there in the lines uh, that want to get at it. I don't want to pick either team, but we, we pick them all. I have to pick one or the other. Um, I, I, I can't see a blowout either way. I know five and a half isn't necessarily a blowout, but again, almost like the the, uh, the Falcons. Do the Giants deserve to be five and a half point favorites over anybody? Like I, I know they're eight and six, but I think we both agree that's very flukish and and very fraudish. Um, I have so much contempt for the Giants that I'm taking Jeff Saturday in the points. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the, the Colts. It went so well for you last week. Uh, we'll move on from there to the uh, Panthers and the Buccaneers uh, in the NFC South. Ugh. Oh, that NFC South. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on here. The the Panthers, uh, they're, they're right there. Tampa can put it away. Uh, all they have to do is beat the Panthers, and they and they win the division, and they put the dream of, of Carolina coming all the way back and winning a division. They put that to bed uh, with a W. Very simple. Can they do it? That's the big question. Um, Joe Horn's kid, J.C. Horn, has been uh, playing some lights-out ball for uh, for the Panthers at cornerback, but he will be out. He's got wrist surgery. Uh, but Tampa still has uh, defensive uh, injuries. Lots of defenders hurt and, and lots of guys out, but they might get their big man, Vita Vea, back in the middle uh, from his calf injury. Uh, Carolina 6-9, and nine, Tampa 7-8. and eight. Carolina's all this craziness that they've been pulling out has basically been all at home. They're only 1-5 on the road this year. Uh, but Tampa's only three and four at home. Something's yeah. got to give. Who do you got? Panthers are plus four at the Buccaneers. Yeah, I'm taking the Panthers and the points. I think if the Bucks do win, I think it's going to be close. I think that the Panthers, they've, they've got some fight. We, we talk about the Texans and the fights they've got. It's like this, this franchise, we left them for dead six weeks ago. And, yeah, they, they could potentially still win this division. Um and Tampa, which we used to talk about Tampa and that run defense, right? Uh, it, you, could, you just couldn't run on them, no matter what. You could not get anything going on the ground against Tampa Bay. They are now the 21st graded run defense uh, mm-hmm. by, by your favorite place, by PFF. Um, 21, that's not good uh, with this Carolina Panthers team coming in there that we know can run the football and is with this, this thing they've got going with Hubba Bubba and Foreman and with Darnold back there. And, and, you know, and then he's been getting it out to DJ Moore and Marshall. It it seems to be kind of working for this Panthers team uh, with the interim head coach. Cause you know, it's it's kind of wild the way it's happened, but I I wouldn't be shocked if Carolina hangs around and possibly wins this game. 
man. Yeah, no one can be shocked uh, with any result concerning the Buccaneers because they are so uh, underwhelming this year. Broken. (laughs) They are broken. (laughs) Uh, The Panthers broke them uh, in Charlotte in week seven, 21 to three. Uh, that was uh, Tommy. Uh, that, that was the weekend that we found out Tommy threw away his marriage for the uh, for the right to come back and put up three points in Charlotte. Good job. <laughs> um, big drop by Mike Evans in that game sort of set the tone for that one. Uh, you absolutely are correct when you point out that uh, Tampa uh, they can gag it up just because their usual stout run defense is trash. They suck this year. Um, so if the Bucks gag it away, that's probably how it, it would happen. Um, and Carolina would be in control of the division if they do win this game. They would be uh, there would be a winning in situation for the Panthers next week. Wow. And may, maybe just because I can't live in that world, I'm taking Tampa and giving the four points. I just <laughs> I can't live in a world where Charlotte is within uh, one one game of, of of winning the division after just completely giving up on the, on the team like that. Uh, it's going to be so bad that the NFL is going to have both Saturday, both South winners play at the same time on Saturday. <laughs> One on ESPN two and the other on uh, ESPN news. No, they, no, no. Gonna it's going to be that. one on the Hallmark channel <laughs> and, and the other one on true TV. It's going to be that bad. Well, they're going to have it on, uh, on Nickelodeon so that they can have uh, uh, Patrick from SpongeBob roasting somebody. He could probably do a whole three-hour uh, telecast roasting those guys. Uh, he, he wouldn't be able to, to shut up with all the bad jokes they could bring out about these people. Uh, yeah, look, the Panthers are committed to the ground. Tommy's struggling. Uh, if, if Carolina pulled it out, I wouldn't be surprised, but I, I think it's going to go the way that Tommy has been winning pretty much, uh, you know, most of his games the last few years, which is just find a way late, just keep throwing. He's going to throw 60 times for 280 yards um, and just finally figure it out at the end and, and put it in the end zone and win by like six. So Man, I, I, I got Tampa, but not by a lot. But would you believe we're at the point where the Carolina Panthers, this just, I just looked at this, this just, this blows me away. Carolina Panthers have scored 47 points more than Tampa Bay this year. <laughs> that is crazy. That makes no sense. Tommy None. the GOAT. Right. Uh, and they're 28 I, in points scored. And, and how about this one? Uh, my favorite stat, uh, yards per attempt. Panthers for the year as a team, 7.1. Tampa, 6.2. Man, man, they're just bad. (laughs) If if if, if Tampa makes the Super Bowl, I'm done. I'm just not watching. I'm I'm done with football. If that Bucks team gets in and then Tommy goes on a run and then the ref ball and a bunch of bad pass interference plays, I'm done. You know it. You know that's what's coming. Forty-yard passes for guys that are thirty yards downfield, or uh, actually yeah. vice versa. Thirty-yard passes for the guy that's forty yards downfield. He has to come back Man. for it and draw Done. the pi. <laughs> Tommy, goat, greatest. Come on. Uh, Saints and Eagles. Minshew Mania back on the plate for the Eagles. Thirteen and two. Philly hosting six and nine. New Orleans. Uh, hurts still hurts. So more Gardner Minshew, a quarterback for Philadelphia. 
they're losing their right tackle, Lane Johnson, a big piece of their line, but he, he's got a torn adductor, but it, apparently he's going to try to hold it off uh, and, and not have the surgery and try to come back for the playoffs. Ouch. Which is, uh, good luck. I, I, I don't think I'd have the guts to try to do that, but he's going to go for that. Uh, New Orleans two and six on the road, Philly six and one at home. Saints the underdog. Uh, I think this is a bit of a small line myself. Uh, only five and a half point dogs at Philly. Oh, I'm with you. This feels like a discount. I don't know if we're walking into something here. Uh, mm-hmm. Minshew was perfectly fine running that offense. The Saints are they're just not a whole lot of fighting them. I think the Eagles know that they do not want to get run down by the Cowboys and gag up that number one seed. I think they come out motivated. I think they blow the doors off the Saints. I'll take the Eagles squish. I concur. Uh, Saints, they, they got a shot if Alvin Kamara's sort of running resurgence lasts, but I don't see it last. He's been so uh, hot and cold the last several years. Uh, and we know Minshew's not afraid of anything. Yeah, I, I agree that he uh, he can do a lot in that offense, uh, maybe not as much as Jalen Hurts, obviously, uh, but it's not a, a – a huge drop off as it is from some, you know, ones to their backups. Uh, uh, Minshew will certainly be good enough to beat the Saints by a touchdown. Uh, and the Eagles clinched the number one overall seed with a win. Uh, so yeah, definitely motivated to not uh, push it off again to to next week where Dallas would possibly be in line to to steal that number one if they uh, if the Eagles did lose. Uh, speaking of number one seeds, uh, the Broncos visiting the Chiefs, uh, the twelve and three. Kansas City Chiefs, who are now going to be the uh, biggest Cincinnati Bengals fans uh, in the world this weekend. Uh, Broncos, uh, oh, those Broncos. Man. Uh, J- Jerry Rosberg bump? Yeah, sure. Dead, dead can't bounce? Dead, maybe? Uh, I, mm. Well, he was uh, the guy that Hackett made the clock management coach. Uh-huh. He's the guy. Now he's the head coach. Now he's the man. So the, How about yeah. that? Uh, again, still kind of stunned that that was so bad that they had to do that uh, the, that axing uh, before the season even ended. But when it's bad, it's bad, and, and you had it too. Uh, things aren't bad enough for Broncos. They had a, a glimmer of uh, light with the tight end Greg Dulcich. He's done with a hamstring yeah. injury. Uh, they went out at Randy Gregory uh, this weekend with a knee injury, so now he can go find uh, Ode Abushi and have another steel cage rematch. Of course, they got into a fist fight after the yeah. Broncos-Rams uh, game because uh, I would be wanting to fight somebody, too, after getting embarrassed by the fucking Los Angeles Rams. I don't blame them for that. Uh, Chiefs, of course, are the big favorite. Uh, biggest of the week, minus 12 and a half hosting the Broncos. You always get worried about the Chiefs and big numbers. Yeah, I'm not worried about this one. <laughs> Chiefs squish. Uh, Broncos are done. There's going to be no. There's going to be no dead cat bounce. No. No improvement from that offense. Their their players are hurt. Uh, guys are all nicked up. Their defense isn't playing very well. They just gave up 51 to Cam Akers, Tyler Higby, and Baker Mayfield. I think the Chiefs should be capable of at least staying two touchdowns ahead of these guys, which they didn't do the first time. I had the Broncos in that first game with a backdoor uh, cover, not doing it twice. I'm taking the Chiefs. (laughs) Squish. Chiefs should always be uh, capable of uh, two touchdowns squishing of these guys. They, uh, as you said, did not do it uh, a few weeks ago, week 14 uh, in Denver. 
Uh, Chiefs win 34-28 as double-digit favorites. Uh, that should have been a squish. The Chiefs were killing them. And then yeah. Pat Mahomes, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe he was concussed. He turned into two and just started throwing the ball to the Broncos uh, repeatedly. Uh, that's the game. They actually did make Russ dumplings uh, in that game. Yeah. That was the game where Russ got concussed, and then the camera was focusing in on his face and looking like that. But I, I didn't ever need to see that. But uh, So Russ is, is back, but how much of a difference uh, does that really make? Uh, yeah, you, you said it's always a concern with the Chiefs with a big number. Do they Are they motivated enough to cover? Uh, maybe this one they will be. Maybe they want some revenge because they knew they were the much the better team in Denver and still had to sort of dig and, and bring that one out. Uh, but yeah, they can take. The, they're also they should be motivated. They can take the number one seed uh, back after everything that happened with the Bills uh, coming in and that game of the century and, and taking their, that game at at, at Arrowhead. Uh, now the Chiefs have battled back to be in position to where Buffalo does falter on Monday against the Bengals, which is a, certainly a possibility. Uh, the Chiefs will be right there to take over that number one seed yet again. So yeah, they'll they'll be motivated, um, and I will take them as well to give uh, and give the twelve and a half. Uh, the Cleveland Browns and the Washington Commanders. Cleveland six and nine, Washington seven seven and one. Cleveland is out of the AFC, but Washington is very much still alive in the NFC uh, for a wild card spot. Uh, they actually clinch it with a victory and three teams all taking the L this weekend. The Seahawks, Lions, and Packers will all have to lose. Uh, but they're right there. They're, they got a chance, so you're saying there's a chance. Um, Jadavian Clowney might get cleared for this game for Cleveland to come back and make with Miles Garrett. Uh, for Washington, back to Carson Wentz, as we uh, discussed before. Um, they will not have the uh, one one of their running backs, the tag team tandem, uh, Antonio Gibson, out with this uh, for this game with an ankle injury. Uh, as far as the spread goes, Cleveland only a two point dog at Washington. I don't like the move back to Carson Wentz. Uh, I thought that you know for you know Taylor Heineken isn't perfect, <laughs> but. He had a rapport going with Terry McLaurin. He was clearly getting the most out of McLaurin, where Wentz was not doing that at all. It was ama- it's jarring when you see the splits for their best receiver with Wentz and, and with Heineke. It's, it's absolutely like mind-numbing to me. You, know, you want to know why Carson Wentz was down and, and not replaced. You know, didn't come back very quickly. I know he got hurt. With the broken with the broken finger that he still was good enough to beat the Bears with, um, but I'm just <laughs> but there's a reason why he wasn't in there and it waited so long. I don't like this move. This reeks of desperation with only two weeks left to go in the season. I would have kept rolling with Heineke, but that's just me. I think the Browns go in there and win the game. Mm. Uh, you know I. Well, I, I agree with that point. I, I, I'm no beer man fan, but Wentz is, yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely not a fan of him. Um, but as far as the game goes, uh, it's two ground-based attacks. It's two guys, two teams kind of trying to hide their quarterback because Deshaun Watson is still not at that level yet. He's getting a little better, uh, but he's almost still uh, in his preseason. Um they would have the clear quarterback advantage, the Browns would, if Deshaun was playing Deshaun level. He's not playing Deshaun level yet. He's uh, he's almost playing Carson Wentz level, so it's almost a, a draw there, too. 
Um, it's only a two-point spread. I'm going to take Washington. If they, if they win by a cheap field goal late, then that would cover. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, take the potato skins and give the two. I don't think the Browns are really interested in fighting too many uh, teams right now at all, even though it's only uh, the, the Washington potato skins. Uh, late afternoon action. Let's go out to Vegas uh, where they – oh, boy. Uh, they, they got their issues out there with, with Boy Wonder um, and their new quarterback, Jared Stidham. Um, and your first assignment, Nick Bosa and the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and they still don't have Debo uh, with his ankle injury, and they don't need him <laughs> because apparently they just keep rolling along no matter what. Um, on the other end, Chandler Jones is on IR with an elbow injury, as if things aren't bad enough for the uh, Vegas yeah. Raiders. Uh, You'll be there to Sam- catch laterals. <laughs> Had to be somebody else in the middle of the field catching uh, terrible laterals uh, at the end of the game. Uh, 49ers, big favorite on the road, minus nine and a half at the Raiders. It's not enough. <laughs> uh, the, the, I think that that team, the, the Raiders, have have quit. I think that they have given up on that coach. I mean, the, it's all there in the sound bites, the, how upset they are about the car benching. Um, it, you know, Adams is everybody on that team. They're just mad. And, and boy wonder is not going to just suddenly plug in Stidham and rejuvenate that team. And they're going to beat the 49ers who might be <laughs> the best team in the NFC right now. No, it's not happening. Give me the Niners squish. Um, and another uh, stat to look at, uh, the Raiders might have a chance if they could pressure the, the Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, make him a little skittish in there. No, the Raiders are uh, third least sacks in the league. Uh, no pass rush. They, and they lose Chandler Jones uh, as if it wasn't bad enough. Uh, so the Niners should absolutely have their way. Yet another sort of break for the Niners. They've been getting all the breaks. They get all the opportunity to set up their offense the way they want. And Kyle Shanahan keeps getting the scheme up and, and make everything look pretty and nice. And I, I concur. San Fran should win this one by a couple touchdowns, if not more. Uh, Jets and Seattle, uh, Geno Smith's uh, revenge game against his old organization. Uh, both teams are seven and eight. Uh, Seattle with their injury situation. Tyler Lockett is looking to return from his busted finger after only one week. I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, He'll have to take the place of Marquise Goodwin. He looks like he's going to be sitting out with a wrist injury. Uh, The Jets uh, are looking for uh, some help. Are they still uh, available for the playoffs? Um, Yes. and, And the Seahawks as well. Uh, so they're both going to be finding it out. Uh, Jets are the slight favorite on the road, minus one and a half at Seattle. And uh, don't, you know, downplay the fact that they're getting Mike White back. Robert Sala's prayers have been answered. He does not have to roll uh, Zach Wilson out there anymore. And Mike White, <laughs> in his three starts, uh, averaging over 300 yards per game uh, in his three starts, that is a completely different offense. It's amazing how much better that team looks with just barely competent quarterback play. We talk about these teams that just play great defense. We talked about it with the Broncos. We've talked about it with uh, the Jets, uh, other teams over the years. If you could just remember the Jags in their heyday or the Texans, it's like they could never get 
the competent quarterback. Mike White at least seems to be league average. That's good enough for me. <laughs> I told you that I was hard fading the Seattle Seahawks the whole rest of the way. They are done. I'm taking the Jets. It's my lock of the week. So they finally found enough doctors. Uh, was it doctor number 26? Uh, to finally clear Mike White and, and finally do yes. the trick. Finally, <laughs> Jobu finally did the trick for, for Mike White. Fuck you, Jobu. I do it myself. So Mike White finally out there for Zach Wilson. Um, I, I definitely like him over Gino, who seems to have collapsed along with the rest of the, the Seahawks offense. Look at that. First time for this this year, I believe, for us for the uh, for the double. Oh, wow. Oh, Jets. Go gang green. And I think we're both doing it because of Mike White. I don't think there's any chance of hell either one of us is doing that with Zach Wilson uh, as the no. Jets quarterback. No. <laughs> not even close. I, I'm not, not Zach Wilson in those those YOLO balls. Um, and, and just too many. Uh, you know, Kenneth Walker's banged up. Tyler Lockett might not play. He's banged up. It's going to be really tough uh, against that defense if you're missing some of your top weapons. And uh, that Seattle running game last week without their top options was abysmal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the Jets defense is silently another big reason for uh, to, yeah. to back the Jets because they've been very, very solid all year long. So we actually get our uh, first double lock in week 17. And last year, uh, and early, was it earlier this year as well? Uh, oh, no, we had it in week one. Week one. Cause we, oh, of course. Cause, right. Because of the Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens <laughs> in week one. We probably will have it again next year. <laughs> <laughs> Very well made. Spoiler. That. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you want to take every, the Ravens in week one. <laughs> but every time I lock the Jets, you are laughing your ass off at me, except this time you did it first. And I, I joined along with you. Yeah. Well, so you couldn't laugh at me. The one time I, I finally <laughs> locked the Jets. See, I, there's method to my madness. The one time uh-huh. I finally locked the Jets, you can't laugh at me. I had it right right there with you. Just sitting there playing, God damn it, he did the <laughs> No, I feel great because you're running the table unlocked oh. the rest of the year. <laughs> You've got that one circled already. Guaranteed. Absolutely. Put it in green. Uh, Battle of Los Angeles and SoFi. Uh, Rams playing the uh, the Clippers. The Clippers, I believe, are the home team for this one. Although doesn't it doesn't matter. Really I was going to ask matter. that. I mean, does it matter? Yeah. No, not really. Uh, whatever veterans are sitting out already for the Rams who have quit on this season, you can add uh, receiver Ben Skoranek to the list. He's not going to play with a calf injury. Uh, for the Clippers, of course, uh, Derwin James uh, jacked up. He, he knocked the hell out of uh, – <laughs> Ashton Doolin, but he jacked himself up too, so he's going to yeah. miss this game. They're both going to miss the game with concussions, but Clippers are looking to clear Joey Bosa finally to return wow. from his groin injury. That would be big, even if it's for a small package of plays. That will be a big deal for the Clippers. Uh, Rams are the dogs, of course, in this, uh, plus six and a half at the Clippers uh, in the same stadium. Yeah, that, that would be really big, but uh, the Chargers are playing for nothing. They're in. And I, yes. I don't even know how much the seeding really matters to them at this point. If anything, they'd probably want to move up. They want to get above Baltimore so they can play the AFC South winner because the other two wildcard teams have got to go to Cincinnati and Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So or or Buffalo, which isn't any better. Or Buffalo, if <laughs> Buffalo somehow manages to drop into uh, a wild card spot, yeah, just, Chargers need to figure out a way to become the five seed at all costs. But I, I, I think that they're. I, I don't know how motivated they are, knowing that no matter really what happens these next couple of games, they're in. So I think. Sometimes you see that team kind of deflate a little bit after they have the game or they get in. I think the Rams can kind of spring one on them here. I think the Rams stay under the number. I don't think they necessarily win, but I think if the Chargers win, they pull out a close one. So I'm going to take the Rams on the road. <laughs> uh, sort of, kind of. Look at you. And nobody in the fans is going to give a shit about this game. <laughs> no, because it's L.A. This is Either both way. L.A. teams. So nobody's going to be there. <laughs> it's not going to be the visiting teams, uh, uh, visiting teams right. fans filling up the stadium because the visiting teams fans are the same and they don't care either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but look at you believing in the Baker Mayfield redemption tour all of a sudden. How about that? Uh, or, or, or the Cam Akers uh, redemption tour. Either one is, is kind of shocking and, and stunning. Hey, this is the uh, run D to do it against. The, no kidding. Uh, which is why, again, I started the guy that was playing against that run defense, but now here's uh, Cam Akers against the run defense himself. So this time he's going to go for uh, 200 yards and four touchdowns, I guess. Uh, yeah, Rams just trying to resurrect careers all over the place. Uh, I still think the Clippers have too much pride to let that happen uh, in their house. Um, I think it's, again, you look at the quarterback comparison and it's Baker versus Justin Herbert. And I, I, I think Justin Herbert's going to ball out just so that he doesn't get embarrassed by Baker Mayfield. So uh, I'm going to take the Clippers and give the six and a half in this one. Uh, Minnesota and green Bay is a very interesting matchup. Of course, green Bay cont- trying to continue their role and get to that magical nine and eight Minnesota 12 and three. We just discussed how fraudulent they are because they win all of their games except for one by a single, um, and that's why, despite being 12-3, and three, they are a three-point underdog in Lambeau Field at the 7-8 and eight Green Bay Packers. How, how wild is this? The Vikings would be wise to remember some history here with the Packers and having a chance to put them down and knock them out of the playoffs. They just need to go back to the last time the Packers won the Super Bowl and ask the Bears all about that. Because the Bears mm-hmm. went to Lambeau week 17, it was week 17 back then, mm-hmm. with a chance to just, you know, even though the Bears were locked in, the Bears had a chance to knock the Packers out of the playoffs with a win, and the Bears fucked around and found out, because then the <laughs> Packers went to Soldier Field and beat them in the NFC Championship game. The Vikings need to learn from history, because don't be shocked if they fuck around in this game and then the Packers sneak in, and let's just say, oh, that first game, the Packers go to the Metrodome. Don't don't do it, guys. I'm still taking Green Bay because I'm 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 gonna somehow I'm gonna figure out a way to end your run here with the Packers. <laughs> so I'm gonna do it by agreeing with you because I don't think the Vikings are smart enough to know their history. Hmm. Don't let uh, this they... team sneak in. Don't let Aaron Rodgers backdoor his way into the playoffs because he's still Aaron Rodgers that he could do some damage. Well, they uh, certainly put the Packers down up at U.S. Bank Stadium in the opening yes, game did. of the season, uh, 23-7. to 
where Justin Jefferson goes for nine for 184 and two TDs to start the year. Also um, not and, wise for Jair Alexander to say that uh, that was a fluke. That's kind of his move. Man. Jair's a mouthy Does he do it to bitch. amp himself up? Is, does he do that for perhaps. himself? Okay, maybe yeah, that's perhaps. the way. Yeah, okay. He certainly does talk a lot of trash for someone who isn't that good, not this year anyway. <laughs> There's somebody you don't want to motivate? It's him. It, yes, it, it's Justin Jefferson. Um, of course, we remember remember that first game because Christian Watson had that opening that was uh, the drop. bomb the fir- that was right yeah. through his hands. That would have been that a first touchdown. First play of the game. That set the yeah. tone for the Packers season. That's the cover of the DVD Absolutely. right there. <laughs> Certainly did. Um, so, yeah, still no faith in, in Vikes. Uh, Jair Alexander is absolutely uh, asking for it. I, I did have that in my notes. Um, <laughs> I and, didn't give and it a word to that because he did it this week. <laughs> and, of course, pack on a roll. They're at home and no faith in the Vikes. Field goal either way, uh, that's, what they, that's what they do. They play the field goal games either way. Uh, so Packers by three, God, this is pushy as fuck. All kinds of pushy. But I'm going to take Green Bay and give the three. Ultimately, I got to pick a side, and I don't trust the Vikes, so I'll take the back. On Sunday night, they flex the Steelers and the Ravens to this, so we get to see some good old-fashioned uh, AFC North uh, bloody football. Steelers 7-8, and eight, Ravens 10-5. and five. Uh, Ravens uh, are in position, in playoff position, and the Steelers are uh, trying to fight for it. Still uh, still got a chance. Uh, Franco could guide them all the way. Uh, they just played a few weeks ago. Uh, Baltimore won an ugly one there, 16-14. to 14. Both quarterbacks knocked the fuck out in that one. Um, and they're both uh, back up and ready to go in this one, Kenny Smallhands and uh, Snoop Huntley. Um, in this one, the Steelers are the two-point underdog at the Ravens. I think that I think Baltimore is more motivated to stay where they're at seating wise because they would be the team punching their ticket to either Tennessee or Jacksonville right now. So just on that alone, and I think and again, but better coach team, Harbaugh headed towards the playoffs, Berg at all. I'll take the Ravens and uh, give the give the small number. Um, I concur. It's. Uh... First QB to survive the opposing D wins. Just a, another slugfest. It's going to be ugly. Uh, hopefully, one. Of, hopefully, they don't both get knocked out. Um, I, I don't believe in the guiding hand of Franco Harris. I'm saying that completely facetiously. Um, I, I, I will take the better coach team and the better organization than the Ravens. And then the main event on Monday night: Buffalo, Cincinnati should be great. Bills at 12 and three. Bengals at 11 and four. Um, if Baltimore does lose to Pittsburgh Sunday night, Cincinnati would win the division with a victory over Buffalo. Uh, and of course, Buffalo still fighting, trying to keep that number one seed. Looks like some rain in that forecast for this one. Uh, Bills are technically the favorite. They are minus one at the Bengals. Yeah, I, I'm taking the Bills. I mean, they get up for these kinds of games. All the best games of the year seem like they're going to feature the Bills this year. There's a reason why. It's because they're the best team in football. I think they rise to the challenge. They love games like this. I, team's on a mission. Give me the Bills. The Bills do get up for games like this. So do the Bengals, man. They, yeah. uh, you know, they, they're bringing it. They're coming hard late, like uh, like they did last year. 
Uh, I, I really want to see Burrow and Cincinnati overcome Buffalo, uh, especially with their offensive line issues. Lyle Collins is out. Uh, he's done for the season with an ACL injury. That might be a Man. real big deal for them. Um, I'd really be impressed if they overcame all that, but I, I'm going to pick them to do it. Uh, like Dak, Project has some head-scratching throws sometimes in between those spurts of great play. Uh, Bills tied for second most turnovers in football. 24, you got the rain. I, I just, I got a feeling. Bengals, more on our after show when we go back. Now into our VIP after show program. Yeah, that, that's definitely the game of the week. That's one of the games of the year. I'm, I'm really looking forward to to that one. I, I I got a feeling the Bengals, I think they're going to send a message. I remember last year, uh, whatever that Chiefs game, whatever week that was, that was 16, 17, something like that. That was late in the season. Man, Bengals sent a message in that one. They beat the Chiefs. Uh, they, they said, come up in yeah. our house and we got something for you. So I, I think it might be one of those situations. That'll be interesting, because, boy, you talk about the Bills possibly getting knocked out of that number one seat again, and that will, man, they need yeah. that. They need it. They do. Chiefs rooting do hard not, for the Bengals Monday night. They do not want to go back to Arrowhead. No. Uh, yet again. Oh, well, yeah, it's uh, another weird uh, week personally, just trying to fit everything in and yeah. craziness at work, and then I get home and – uh, as I was telling you before we went on the air, I'm 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 getting all my ducks in a row and and finally sitting down and doing my my research and getting ready for our our late our show that's even later than normal because I thought we were going to be going to our uh, the the pastor who married us I thought uh, she's having her retirement party I thought we were going to go out to that but my wife was talking about her back was hurting uh, it's been hurting all week really so she uh, she backed out on that so I'm like okay fine we'll we'll. Have to be able to do the show at a normal time, but then you told me keep it at the the later time so you can have some time to research. I'm like, okay, perfect. That, that gives right, because I had know, little, I had none of my I had none of my picks made. I, I had my awards in my mind, but I didn't have with you know so many of them were interchangeable. I just wanted to make sure I had them all slotted in there correct, and I had vid- I had audio clips that I wanted to pull this week too. Yeah. So. Yeah, you, you got the clips, and I I saw the labels uh, for one of them. I forget which one, but I saw I saw. I'm like, I didn't type that. What is that? But oh, yeah. so I, I knew about the the Buck versus SVP. I saw that. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, and then I had the Russ Cook one. Yeah, that that I didn't see. I didn't know you had two in there. Uh, so I, I kind of saw it. Um, so I'm I'm thinking I had enough time to you know get dinner and and relax and be able to do my research and get ready for the show leading right up to it. And then uh, a half hour before we're about to start, my wife uh, knocks on the bedroom door. Uh, Can we take a walk? Uh, Oh, sure. I can't can't turn her down when she asks for that. So, you know, and and it wasn't a a drama situation. She didn't uh, uh, say uh, I want a divorce or something. She actually just wanted to walk and get some physical (laughs) exercise in. So I just wanted to clear that up. So. That's good, but then I sit back down, and it's, at that point it's nine thirty, and uh, I haven't—I still haven't finished my picks, <laughs> and I'm like, oh god. So it was—it uh, it was a bit of a, a run-up uh, to, the, to the beginning of the show, but got everything done and, and got everything in, in order, so it, it all worked out as, as it always does. No, that, well, that's good, and there's no—yeah, there's no way I would have been able to do the show at nine, 
tonight. And then I had no chance of doing the show tomorrow um, or Sunday because Sunday I work, which has not been my normal work schedule, but New Year's Day. So that's one of those days everybody's everybody's got to work. So even though it's a shorter day for me on Sunday, everybody's got to work that day. So, yeah, that's fun. Uh, Next week I should be good to go Saturday um, because all the games are Sunday. Yep. No more Thursday nights, so we are officially we finish our Thursday nights with a push. Um, Very yeah, fitting. And, and I'm off Saturday next. I'm off Saturday because that's making up for me working on Sunday. So next weekend I am off completely, um, Saturday and Sunday. So I'll be around Saturday. So I should be ready for a normal 9 p.m. show on Saturday night. Okay, that uh, sounds good. Um, I'll. I'll almost have to be like uh, getting back into, into mode all these Friday shows. I, I'm not going to know what to, what to do. I'm used to my Fridays being frantic. I got to get home and, and right. uh, figure out what I'm, what I'm, you know, figure out my picks, figure out the injury report, figure out uh, the we'll weather, worry. get everything all at once. So we go right back to Fridays after next week. Uh, Cause yeah, but at least that's only, weekend and only six got games. Wild card weekend, division round. Uh, so yeah. we'll have two Friday shows in a row there. Right. A lot less games to figure out, so that's good. Right. Uh, we, we're both uh, very much ready for the playoffs to begin, very much. Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember when the playoffs would already be underway by now. Yeah, that, that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, 16-week schedule, you'd be underway around Christmas time. It was great. Yeah, the, the Bears-Eagles uh, Fog Bowl in uh, 88, that – that was like, uh, I think that was bef- either before Christmas or right around yeah. Christmas. It was December. It was definitely December, and it was definitely a playoff game. It was a wild card game. Um, so we, we would have already been. But, that, of course, back then, the Super Bowl was also played in the middle of January. So uh, definitely yeah. talking about a long time ago. Because the, the Bears' Super Bowl was, what, January 20th? Yeah. 1986. I know that because that was six days before the Challenger blew up. <laughs> oh man. Oh boy. Yeah, uh, that's that's quite the duo of events to to keep in the same uh, hemisphere, so to speak. But yeah, well, actually, it might not have even been six full days because that was on a Sunday. Ooh, yeah, it was because it was on a weekday because that was six days would have been on a Saturday, so it was uh, it was around then, but it was close. Yeah, I'm sure. I know, it's, uh, within, the, the I, I know we don't think of that in our brains, but yeah, the the the, the challenger blew up uh, mere days the after. Dates are the there for, for all of us to to search, which I'm sure we're all doing right now. Yep. January 28, 1986. So it was eight days after the Super Bowl. So that there would be a Monday. Yeah, it was a Monday that we were piled into our classroom and and yep. watching that happen. Just. Just so uh, crazy when you think about two moments, you know, that were that big in our childhood. Um, that was huge. I mean, even though I'm not a Bears fan, that 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 Bears team that that took over the city. If you're in Chicago, the uh, the Super Bowl uh, in in '86 was absolutely citywide consuming. I, was that bigger? Would you say that was bigger than when when Jordan and the Bulls started winning titles? Because I I think it still was. Yeah, I well, if it wasn't, I don't remember there being. I don't remember the West Side burning down. Every <laughs> I don't year either. But for six out of eight years, but oh, oh I, I was, I'm the one that's actually living on the West Side at that point. So if it was, I would have. Uh, well, you remember had some all the, of it. 
you remember it I all. definitely remember the, uh, the yeah. Bulls celebration. The Bulls uh, stuff. I don't remember that with the Bears at all. Right. Uh, I mean, I remember I, I was, uh, for a couple of those Bulls titles, I was in, we were in high school, and I was working at McDonald's. That was my, my high school job. And we closed early when the Bulls clinched. It's called getting out of Dodge. Yeah. They, they were like, yeah, hey, if the Bulls win, just close. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that that was also a fuck around and find out. Because if you didn't close, you fucked around and found out. Right. And I mean, we weren't quite west side. I mean, we were, you know, we were northwest. You know, we weren't right. even in any of uh, – it was as uh, – God, what was it? The one year – Was it must have been 94. And somebody – I think it might have been Italy because that neighborhood was very Italian – was in the World Cup. Oh. It was it was Italy or one of those, but it was that was a that was a that was crazy too. They're all driving up and down Harlem with their flags out, and hmm. yeah, it was wild. That was pretty wild. I'm sure that's uh, whatever neighborhood you go into for the World Cup. It's probably like that. Um, certainly, when Mexico is is uh, at the top of soccer, uh, we we see a, we see a lot of Mexican pride in in Chicago when yeah. uh, when, when they're doing well. Um, World Cup reminds me of that. I didn't tell the story of my uh, World Cup bad beat, the first and probably last time oh, I ever bet on oh, soccer because of penalty kicks, right? I think you did tell that story. I think I told you. I don't think I got it. Ah, on the maybe air. it didn't make it onto the show. Yeah, I think that's was that last week we got cut off. It might um, have been. <laughs> yeah, I, I meant to go into that. So. Whatever book, I don't even remember which sports book, uh, between BetMGM and uh, um, the other one that I'm with, DraftKings Sportsbook, was offering a uh, what they call no-sweat bet. So you can bet whatever um, the the limit is for their no-sweat bet, and if you lose, you get that money back as a free bet. So there's literally no reason not to bet it because you're going to – if it wins, all right, I've made the money, and if it loses, um, they're going to give me the money back, and I can bet it again. However, me being a bad gambler, I don't just take that kind of money and bet like one part of something. I have to see how can, how I how can I parlay it? How can I make more money off of this than uh, you know than just a, a straight bet? Uh, so it was a no sweat World Cup bet for the final um, uh, Argentina against France. I don't know anything about soccer I know you know tangentially uh, about it so I knew about Lionel Messi I knew that he was a great player I knew that he was seeking his first world cup and I knew that he was sort of the sentimental favorite and I know nothing about anybody I, I literally can't name another player on Argentina I knew that France had a, a big black guy that's been impressive named Mbappe I know nobody else on France. I don't know Mbappe's first name. I don't know anything else about soccer, about French soccer, about Argentinian soccer. Um, so taking that no sweat bet, which I think the limit was $35, uh, and just betting it straight on Argentina, as it turned out, that wouldn't have worked either. But what I, I didn't even do that. What I did was I bet Argentina. And I parlayed it with Messi to score at least one goal and Mbappe to score at least one goal. So I'm watching – I'm not watching the game. I don't want to lie and say I was watching the World Cup. 
I was at this is one of the weekends I was at my wife's uncle's house. Um, and there's no TVs on the second floor where we sleep. So I knew the World Cup was, was happening at 8, 9 in the morning, uh, but I wasn't interested in going downstairs and watching it because it's soccer. Even though I got money on it, it's still just soccer. So I didn't get down there until uh, maybe 11.30 uh, Central Time. And having no real interest in it at all, not knowing what was going on, I honestly got turned the TV on to Fox anticipating the uh, NFL pregame show leading up to the Cowboys game. And I was turned, so I was turning that on mostly for the benefit of my wife's uncle, um, who's a little bit of a Cowboys fan. Um, And I don't watch pregame shows, but I was turning it on, you know, to sort of get him ready for it. And there's soccer still going on. And I was like, oh, they're they're still playing. Uh, Okay. And then it dawned on me, oh, wait, I got money on this. Let me hang on. Um, So I did not pay attention when I made this bet. I I, I paid some attention, but I let it go to the fact that when I made the bet and I'm looking at the Argentina side and I'm looking at the France side, that there was a button in the middle of Argentina and France for draw. And I think I paid like one second of attention to it. Like, huh, interesting. It's the World Cup. Why would I pick draw? There's going to be a winner. So soccer betting, for those of you who don't know, let me be the first to explain to you. You get screwed if you don't pick draw and they actually play all 90 minutes plus overtime and it's still tied and they go to penalty kicks. I had no idea that it counts as a draw technically for betting if they go to penalty kicks. No matter who wins the World Cup, no matter who wins the match, if it goes to penalty kicks, technically it's a draw. I had no freaking idea, man. I'm watching the penalty kicks, and I'm watching Argentina score and France blow their kicks, uh, and I'm watching uh, the Mbappe and, and, and uh, Messi took the first two kicks, and they both scored, and I'm like, okay, they're the great ones. Of course, they're supposed to. Um, and Mbappe and, and Messi had already scored in, in regulation. So that part of the parlay was already taken care of. And now it was just who's going to win. And I got Argentina. And I'm watching the penalty kicks go down. And Argentina comes out on top on penalty kicks. And I'm dancing in my head. And I'm like, yeah, baby, I won that big parlay. Um, that wasn't a, a small amount of money. I think it was over $200 if it would have come in, except it never dawned on me until I oh. went into the app and looked. That wasn't a win. Argentina is in the streets celebrating a World Cup victory. They partied for days in Argentina, millions of people in the streets celebrating, but by betting standards, it was a draw. Damn. If you picked Argentina, you lost even though they're celebrating and holding up the, the World Cup and Messi is crying and everyone is so happy that he's actually a winner. Nope. If you bet Argentina, you're a loser because technically it was a draw. And that is some total bullshit. Yeah, it's hard, to, course, it's hard to argue it with that. Yeah, of course. <sighs> you're the guy that had Cam Akers on his bench. I'm the guy that had Cam Akers on his bench. I'm the guy that sat there while 
a Kentucky Derby horse that won the race got taken down for the first time in 80 years and disqualified. Oh, right. And I had the winning ticket in my pocket. I'm, I'm that guy. Um, I got bad beats for days, man. It's just, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's, the, the only way I can reconcile it is to say it's a good thing because if I had a bunch of really great bets and a lot of money, it will probably just make me want to bet more. And that would ultimately really not go well for me. So maybe it's, right. it's a good thing after all. But I had no idea about soccer betting like that. Like I, I kind of saw that draw option when I was making a bet, and it just kind of – I just totally brushed that off because I'm like, why is that even it, – it's the World Cup final. It's going to be a winner. There's, there's no such thing as a draw, and I just moved right on from there. And now I know why there's a draw option. Well, you've learned something about soccer betting that you may never use again. Correct. <laughs> betting that shit again? What the fuck? <laughs> Next World Cup. Uh, <laughs> another no sweat bet, right. Oh, God. Uh, oh, I'm such an addict. Okay. Um, and, and something I know that uh, did not get to the uh, to air was me texting you. At one point, I'm looking at the DraftKings website, and I go, oh, my God, there's a casino option on here. What the hell are you doing to me? There's an ultimate Texas Hold'em option yeah. on here. Why? God, why? Um, and, and I'm here to uh, tell you and explain to you uh, that, thank God, casino betting is not yet legal uh, in, in Tennessee, so I actually can't take advantage of that. So, oh, that's good. Um, yeah. I, I'm playing for uh, – for, for, um, for, for you know fake money, I'm, I'm practicing, uh, but I cannot actually bet my real money on Ultimate Texas on the computer. And thank God for that. Yeah, that game was fun. Yeah, uh, and, and even practicing now uh, gives me a new sense of uh, perspective on it because it really is. I it was, it's fun because we were winning. Let's be honest. Um, and we were winning right off the bat. Like our first couple of times playing in Vegas, we had very good nights, both of those nights. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, this is easy. And, of course, we got our asses kicked uh, the rest of that week that, that we were there, uh, three or four days that we were there. Yeah. Um, so playing, uh, practicing gives me the perspective of, okay, this really can go uh, up and down. It really can go either way. Because playing in the practice game, they start you out with a 1,000 chips and sitting there betting uh, 25 a hand I have lost all thousand a couple of times and I've doubled it and gone to 2,000 a couple of times you you really can go either way depending on, on how the cards are flowing um, and I've played sometimes putting that little you know five dollars on the trips and I've, I've, I've hit that a few times uh, and, and I see why people uh, think that that's the smart bet because you can go, you know, however many hands in a row without hitting it. And then you, all you have to do is hit it a, a few times, get a couple of, you know, straights in a row and you've made the money back that you lost uh, when you didn't hit it. So I, I see the point of that too. But when, it, when, it, when it's cold, it's cold. <laughs> you can go right. 15, 20, 25 hands without hitting anything. And now you're just completely donating to the, uh, to the casino. So I, 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 I like the practice uh, angle of it because it gets, uh, it gets you some perspective on it. That's good. That's good. I, I'd play craps, and I'd, I'd make bank playing just hard sixes and hard eights, which you wouldn't think would be a safe bet, but it hits. You know, that's 11 to 1, I believe, when it hits. So you got $5 chip on that. 
somebody throws a couple of hard eights in a row, it's like, oh, that adds up quick. Okay, maybe that's what I need to go uh, into next is, is go to the to the craps table and, and oh, figure man. out those craps those table. Pieces. You ever go to a casino when people are yelling? Always the craps table. Uh, as I'm sure I've told the story, I went one time with a guy uh, from the trading floor in Chicago, and he actually told me, okay, we're going to stand here at the craps table for about 15 minutes, we're going to make about two grand, and then we're going to go to the strip club. And that's exactly what happened. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so he knew how to do that shit. I oh, wish I'd have man. paid closer attention. Uh, well, I'm, I'm thinking it's a, a good time to call it because it's, it's a late night. Uh, that it is. And then I got to work tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be up at uh, no matter what time I end up falling asleep. I'll probably wind down here in the next half hour, 40 minutes, and get to be in bed about 1, and i got to be up at 6, 6.30 no matter what. So. Yep. And tomorrow's yep, New Year's I'll... Eve, so then i got to be up till midnight with the kids. Yay! <laughs> oh, you're trying to be up They're old midnight. enough now to know we're when we're lying to them about what time it is. <laughs> you know, when they were little, we could have them watch the ball drop in New York and be like, hey, it's New Year's. Oh, <laughs> which we did a few times. Hey, it's it's eleven. They didn't know. They're little. <laughs> they know now. They, they know now. now. There's no tricking them anymore. All right. Uh, so yeah, we are back to uh, our Saturday for for one week. One week next week. Uh, the Saturday night normal slot of 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central to get you ready for all those. Sunday games, all 16 of them is the uh, final that, weekend. Have the dime ready. The uh, the special commemorative uh, in much less detail dime will be on hand, our guest picker, to uh, pick the Week 18 games because, as you should know, if you're a, a football better, Week 18 is literally a, co- a coin flip. You have no idea some of these games. Uh, who's trying to play, who's already checked out, who's mentally in Cabo, who's physically uh, there and who's not. So we, we do have the uh, the guest coin uh, to pick those games alongside us. So, yeah, we, uh, we're finally winding down, finally getting to the end of this very long season. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, how many games are we uh, different on? What's your, what's your guess? Uh, I'm going to say seven. Yeah, we had a lot early. Uh, yeah, it looks like you, you nailed that. It looks like seven. All right. So there we go. So I'm, I'm clinging, to, clinging to a two-game lead. <laughs> trying to rally back and get my lead back before the uh, before the playoffs start. But we you have, are, you have one of ahead. Us, neither one of us have ever been. I don't think our spread this year has ever been more than four or five max. Yeah, we no one's been blowing uh, anyone out. I've led the whole year until now, but not by a whole lot. Um, yeah. Cause we were, well, yeah, we were even, I think real early in the year, I was up a game or two on you. Yes. You're up uh, week three. You, you yep. blew me away and took a one game lead, but I made that game up. So then we were, yeah, we were even for yeah. most of the year yeah, from so we've there. Been even or a couple of games off. And, and then I, then you were up four and I erased that and up two. So, yeah, it's it's been it's been a very competitive season. <laughs> I was up seven after week six. That was a long oh, okay. time ago. That does feel like a long time ago. Uh, but yeah, that's that's been the biggest for sure. Seven. So okay. Now you're now you're the man to chase. All right. Um, I think the, unless you have anything else, I think that's about it. For no. us. 
No, I think that's good. It was a good show. I told you it'd be fun. Yep. All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been, in much less detail, the podcast. Seven games that we are different on this week for week 17. Old pain sign. All the injuries of in week 17. And sure, there'll be more to come uh, to influence the picks for week 18 next weekend. Uh, everybody enjoy your football tomorrow. Uh, not to see. I, my, my days are still off. Uh, everybody enjoy your football Sunday uh, and Monday night, the great game between the Bills and the Bengals. And we will see you back here Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, to pick week 18 in the NFL as the season finally winds down. And we will talk to you then. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.